This episode of the BJJ Foxcast is brought to you by BioPro. BioPro is an all-natural alternative to prescription human growth hormone, which aids in recovery, anti-aging, metabolism, libido, immunity, skin health, cognition, sleep, and stress. Just one vial per day provides a substantial boost to all of these growth factors. Okay, so that's what they want me to say. Here's what I know as an aging grappler. I've been using BioPro Plus and the nighttime variant BioPro Plus Cortisleep for several months, and it feels like I've grown a third lung. My, ga- my gas tank is noticeably bigger. My recovery is faster, and I'm back on the mats much quicker, not just between training sessions, but between rounds. Now you can get $30 off your first order of BioPro when you use the code FOXCAST at www.bioproteintech.com. That's code FOXCAST. For $30 off your first order at www.bioproteintech.com. Thank you, BioPro. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the BJJ FOXCAST. I am your host, Alex Martinez, and today I have two good friends in the, in the house. I got Steve Benton. Say hello, Steve. Hello, Steve. <laughs> Steve is a purple belt in jiu-jitsu. <clears throat> He's also my uh, afternoon coach, um, my one o'clock coach at Aries East Mesa BJJ. Shout out to AEM. And then I got Mario Aguirre. Mario started with us pretty recently, but you got a cool story to tell. Yep. Um, podcaster. Yep. And uh, what do you do for a living again? Uh, operations manager for a cleaning company. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Which, boring. Which, yeah. Boring <laughs> <stuff>. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but being responsible for people sucks. It's tough. Yeah. It's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, it, we all talk about leadership and we're all uh, military, <laughs> prior military in here, right? Yeah. Um, but it it's tough. So we all know how hard leading people is. And yeah, um, you, you got to be invested. Yeah. And I think I'm in a point in my life where I'm like ready to be invested in myself. Good, man. So, yeah. Which is why we're here. Yeah. Or I'm here. <laughs> this is tough, man. It, 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 it's hard to do, especially since... You know, you spent your whole life like doing stuff for others, you know, and then all of a sudden you're like, well, maybe I should focus on me. And like, I don't know how to do that. You yeah. know, so it's a process. It's definitely a process. So both of you guys, we're all veterans here, but you were Army. If Air I'm not, Force. Air Force. Sorry. Yes. Air Force. And you were Army. Army. Okay. And I was Navy. So I, I did the least. I did more cleaning than both of you combined. I guarantee uh, it. I don't know, dude. I can strip and wax a passageway <laughs> like nobody's business, dude. I'm pretty good at it. Um, so what did you do in the Air Force? I was an aircraft mechanic. <clears throat> okay. So I worked on the U-2, the F-35, the 16, the A-10, and then just like dabbled in a few others while deployed and things like that. So Yeah, by, by uh, dabbled, those my, you, those you got were, like voluntold to do on, to work uh, on stuff? Sometimes voluntold, sometimes we were just bored. Okay, um, okay. Yeah, like when you're deployed, sometimes like if your aircraft's in the air, especially with the U-2, when I was deployed with that, it's very, um, it flies for like 12 hours. So, oh, wow. Yeah, okay. It's, it's a glider, so. yeah. It would fly forever. Yeah. And we'd get bored on the ground. Because once you launch the aircraft, you really don't have anything to do. Yeah. Is that a spy plane, the U-2? Yeah. 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 yeah a, so you probably can't plane. say a lot about it. Tell us all about it. Um, there, there, <laughs> honestly, honestly, there's not a lot that people don't know that isn't out there. Like, yeah. I mean, there was briefs that we got to go to that we got to see, like, what it was doing. Yeah. But overall, it just, like, I mean, it's just a spy plane. It just... It does, you know, I mean, not just a spy plane. It's obviously been around. It's one of the oldest planes. I think it might be the oldest plane uh, that, that still is commissioned. still commissioned yeah. in, the, in the military. And um, it's, it's a like I said, it's a glider. So it has some cool stuff to it. Like when it lands, it kind of just tips over. <laughs> and so, so there's, a thing, there's a thing called the Pogo Crew. And what we would do is there'd be 
like a nice car, which is what the pilots drove. Yeah. And then we got a truck. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Yeah. So we had to follow the pilot. The pilot, the pilot's like on radio with them, basically making sure, because he, U2 lands on basically a bicycle. Oh. It has nothing in the wings. That's right. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 So as it's landing, basically the pilot that's like in the fast car behind him is like, hey, you're, you know, move a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right, center up, get on the lot, like trying to get him to land. And then we'd follow in a truck and we'd run out with these pretty much like, they were they were about like J shaped and they just had two little wheels on the ends and we would run up and <laughs> uh, so whichever one was the heavy side because the the fuel is all gravity fed yep so we would run out hang on the side that was light like three of us yeah and then one person would <laughs> shove the pogo not while like, it's moving once it's it's once still it's like the pilot's still in the aircraft. Okay, like okay. it just landed. Okay. But you got to get these on it. So it's not just dragging one wing the whole way. In. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you run up, you hang on it <laughs> and you're like, there's three people. Sometimes we'd have to get the pilot to come out and hang on it with us. Like just to get it to go down. Cause it'd be heavy side. Yeah. And then the other person shoves the, this like little contraption and then shoves the pogo in. And then the other person shoves it in and now it can like Move kind around. of, kind of balance itself and not, Dragged that wing the whole way in. Yeah. How does how does that thing take off? Uh, uh. Well, though you basically, it's the same, pretty much the same process. You you don't have to hang on it, but you run out, and as it's about to take off, you pop the little things out, and then it takes off, and they fall out. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. And then you go collect them. Yeah. In the truck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We we collect them. Isn't it funny though? No matter how advanced our military gets, you still have. This stuff kind like of stuff like, eh, well, like, how do we land it? Well, how about we get a bunch of guys? Yeah. It's cheaper yeah. to get a bunch of bodies to hang on one side than to develop yeah, some dude. kind of thing. <laughs> yes. There, yes. There was times when the wing's really heavy. You would have to, there would be a guy who would have to, and I'd done it before. You just pretty much whoever's lowest ranking or whoever wants to do it, you ride and sometimes multiple people would ride the jet in hanging on, like laying oh, on top man. of the wing just oh, to, even, to, to even the, even the weight out because <laughs> otherwise it's, it's dragging the whole way in. Cause it'll break the pogo if it's too heavy. Yeah. And so we would have to get like three or four people sometimes, so, sometimes just one, sometimes, you know, the whole pogo crew, except for the driver. Just <laughs> yeah. sometimes we had to, one time we had to go back and get somebody and yeah. just like lay on top <laughs> lay of the wing it. and <laughs> like put on goggles and just lay on it while it, while taxis in. Oh my and, gosh. And still the best military in the world. <laughs> <laughs> still, exactly. Even then. Looks even like a then. third world country launching a plane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. It's pretty tough. That's yeah. wild, man. Does that, does a design make sense? Um, I mean, it does like, it's very, I would say it's kind of primitive because yeah. it, it's gravity fed, things yeah. like that. Like there's a lot better ways that we know to do it now, but yeah. <clears throat> There's no sense in redesigning it right. because just because of the way that the aircraft is. And it's, I mean, it's been around, I think, since the 40s. Yeah. You know? As long as you have privates. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have, people, have, people, to, people to lay on top of the wing. Yeah. Yeah. Have. Well, you know, it's it's funny because when I when I was in the Navy, um, you know, this is the, the 90s. And we had just uh, started putting the 25 millimeter chain gun on the on the ships. And <clears throat> I don't know if it still is the way this way now, but at the time... You strap yourself into that thing, and it's got like two. I mean, they look like joysticks. You know what I mean? Like you would see on an airplane, kind of like a what do you call that? The, the whatever. What how you fly? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The whatever. Um, 
but it's two of them and one of them has a trigger and the other one has a little switch you know to load and stuff like that but it's pretty primitive like you have these straps like these things that go against your shoulders and it has a gigantic muzzle brake and when you're standing directly behind the gun you're good it'll it'll rattle your brain a little bit but if you're standing next to me bro you're taking all of that blast you know oh, after yeah. 25 i mean it's a big big round well fast forward to gosh when did i go visit my daughter in hawaii she's she was on a destroyer and they had i think they had one on the destroyer maybe two <clears throat> but it's all driven from the bridge so there's a guy on the bridge with a oh, camera yeah. and they got like a joystick same kind of joystick it's not even behind the no not even behind the gun the gun is like a robot yeah. almost right so you think it's cool but you look at both designs, my 1997, whatever the hell it was, versus, you know, 2015 or whatever it was. The, the shit's built by the same guy because it's even though it's like more advanced, it's still pretty primitive looking. Like you look at it, and you're like, you could do way better than this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's still the dials and switches and the big old thing and the, and the screws. And you're like, yeah, cool. But. It still looks like shit. Well, you know, the, mil <laughs> the military is always going to go for the what lowest bidder. Yeah. Say. So yeah. Even the coolest stuff is still going to be made probably by our enemies, too. Yeah, like, no kidding. It's yeah. Probably still, cause it's going to be cheaper. Uh, I mean, what was it? The the plastic inside the M16, the not the M4s now, but the M16s. Yeah. You remember you used to open the back on a few. Yes. And then inside 100%. was yellow. It's a plastic yellow. And the back end of the, the butt. Um, was where you would put your cleaning cleaning gear stuff yeah clear yeah so you'd open it right that inside part that plastic piece was made by tonka toys oh that, was it right? that's why it was that, that yellow remember the tonka yellow yeah and yeah that was made by tonka toys <clears throat> no kidding so, i mean at least in i mean yeah i think those are i think it's japanese right i, I don't know tonka, i think so I think yeah tonka. it might be yeah. yeah but um but yeah so so just so you know, <laughs> still an ally, still an ally, still, like, yeah. still an ally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, those guys are. But so, like stuff in China, we have a lot of stuff. I mean, look at our oh, vaccines yeah. were made in China. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, we have a little bit of shortage shortage on masks. Where do those come from? I don't know. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> don't 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 even bring that up. Dude. Same thing with, with military <laughs> equipment. Right? Yeah, it's just lowest bidder. So you're right. You could have the highest technology, but it's kind of like um, taking um, like an old old car. And then putting in like all like a new engine and new everything else and all that, but it's still that old car look. Yeah, you know? yeah, so it's kind of the military. Yes, still. exactly. The, the That's old it. Look, but yes. new technology. They moved the <laughs> console from the '57 Chevy from the you know to the bridge. That's right. basically what they That's did. Basically, it's like yeah. that thought of of everybody. Like they try to advertise things as being military grade and yeah. it's like people like, from the military like, eh. we're like i don't know if i'd want <laughs> probably shit i'm not sure if i i'm not sure if i if i want my thing to be military grade at this point i'd rather yeah. i think i'd rather have it you know just anybody else's anybody grade. else's grade yeah yeah, yeah. a lot of uh, guys will buy outside equipment because it's better like mm -hmm. even just pouches and mm -hmm. you know stuff like that because better quality than yeah what stuff we get and yeah, the in, military. in Korea, I, I bought my own vest because the one that they gave me fit so bad. So bad, yeah. <laughs> so bad. Well, you know, when, when, I, when I was in, in station in Panama, a lot of my friends were in special the SBU-26 special boat unit, and, you know, SEAL Team 4 would go out there. I didn't know a lot of those guys, but I knew the SBU guys pretty well because they didn't rotate in and out. They were always there. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and they would do, a, like, their parachute riggers would, like, basically redesign their clothing. Like they move, like you remember the old BDUs where they had pockets here. Oh yeah, pockets yeah, they had here? the four. Yeah. Well, they moved the pockets from that, you know, that are by your pelvis. They would move them up to the chest, and the ones on the chest, they moved them out to mm, the arm, the so they could actually use them. Yeah. And then um, 
because what they do is like they don't just throw their web gear over their stuff. They tuck everything in. I don't know if you guys yeah. did that, but um, but they tuck everything in and then they throw their web gear over. But they couldn't use their pockets, so they they and and then now when you look at modern gear it's like pockets on the sleeves yeah. and stuff like that but in the 90s the parachute riggers were like redoing like like a vest or something like stuff. that yeah their own stuff yeah. and uh i thought that was interesting how it kind of evolved i, I think that's where 511 came from was a was a veteran oh, really? yeah, yeah yeah so he was a vet 511 is like um i'm not a climber but 511 is like if you're a climber you you uh, rate things from like one to eleven, and a five eleven is like the toughest climb. Oh, okay. So that's yeah, where yeah. it came from. The name came I from. Really, I didn't yeah. even know that. I yeah, thought yeah. it was I thought it was a, a cop thing, the five eleven, because I know that a lot of law oh, enforcement like a, officers like use an that. Alarm? I, I, I thought it was yeah some kind of call. Or oh, that's I funny. I wasn't even sure what. 5-11 yeah, yeah, had. yeah. Um, no, the five eleven. He was a climber, oh. but he was. I think he was also military, military, and he was building his own stuff, and that's how it evolved to the to the plate carriers and all the belts that they make it's just that's the evolution of it and it all oh, yeah. started from a military guy who thinks military grade is shit and i gotta make it better right so yeah, high quality yeah i wonder i wonder how much of the stuff that's issued is still used you know what i mean like i'm sure like seals and you know army folks and stuff yeah. like that get issued a lot of stuff that's like they probably well, it, use or don't because you made your own vest so that tells me a lot i didn't make it well i, I mean you used it, it you bought your own yeah. vest yeah yeah so yeah i i don't know because there's the new stuff is better <clears throat> For okay. sure. Yeah. Um, like you were saying, the evolution of the pockets, mm-hmm. even the the army ones. I don't. I think all of them, right? All of them started going where they were um, not um, not vertical. They were. Right? Yeah. They were angled. Uh, like they were angled, degree. Right. Like so that, that you can fit your hand in through your your yeah. your vest. So even that's an evolution. Yeah. Before they were just up here, and now you're. I guess the the um, the thought is that you're going to be at war pretty much. If they change the uniform. So that it fits perfect with a vest, you know that your country's probably in for the long haul, right? Because <laughs> yeah. because yeah. when that BDUs, you're like, <clears throat> the odds of you going to war here and there. They, some people will, some people won't, whatever. But as soon as they start developing stuff so that it fits at war all the time, then you know, yeah, you're, you're like, going to be in it. We're going to be in this for a while. So yeah, yeah. a lot yeah. of people made a lot of money. Yeah, and <laughs> and how many how many um um other than other than the um, <clears throat> the uh, desert camo? What other camo do you see out there? Well, now they're all going to across the board. Yeah, kind of the same yeah. that um, what do they call it? It's um, I like it better. It's closer to the woodlands, the one they have now, right? Oh, they do have a woodland. Oh it, yeah, the Marine they, Corps they, has they it, fight, right? Well, they well, used to be called the ACU, which they, is the Army Combat Unit, right? Yeah, right? but that was the ugly one. That one's the one that's like like a greenish, light green, and you know, like I digital. That was what it, Oh, oh yeah, right. yeah. The, those are the digital ones, right? Yeah, and then now they do have one that's closer to. It's kind of a combination of the um, the chocolate chip ones from Desert Storm, yeah, but woodland style. Oh, so it gotcha. doesn't, you know, the woodlands it's was, a, but it's going across the board. Like everybody, they're all going to use the same even, one. Even same Marine, uniform. That's good. The Marine Corps is going to be in it, which, which is, is normal, which is yeah. interesting because they f- they swap back and forth. Yeah, you know, they have their summer and their winter. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and I'm surprised because they like to march to their own beat. Mm-hmm. Marines don't like to. Well, I don't have, know. I, yeah. I don't know if it's even like <clears throat> actually been taken hold yet. Yeah, like I'm the sure Marines the Marines will change something. Something, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. They'll, make they'll it, be like, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna do something a little different. A but yeah. right now, for sure, <laughs> I know that Air Force and Army are the same. Same, yeah. It just makes sense. Yes, I mean, you're you know? right. yeah, yeah. You're right. You're and right. The, the yeah. Army, yeah. the Air Force is, you know, was a branch. Was a branch of the, of the Army. Army. So yeah. it makes sense there. Yeah. You can say is. You can is. say is. is. Okay. <laughs> I mean, was. So what did you do in the Army? The real sorry, God. Yeah, the Marines are probably gonna have their pockets open. Probably, yeah. Downward. Yeah. So every time they open their pocket, everything. All the crayons out. fall out. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, I was actually, I started in the Texas Guard okay. as artillery. And then, because um, the, my recruiter literally said, uh, well, the one, there was like a few things um, that had a $10,000 bonus at the time. And that was one of them. And when you're 17, 10,000 well, sounds like so sounds much Sounds like money. so much. Because you don't know what taxes are. Yeah, <laughs> but... He also said, artillery, I said, what's that? He goes, you make things go boom. Literally, that's all he needed to say. Hell yes. And I said, okay. So I did that. So I did that for, for six years. I got one deployment under artillery unit. Then I moved to Arizona Guard, and they got rid of artillery because they went to infantry units here. So now we have, um, I forget which one, but it's it's out of Hawaii, so it's a detachment uh, out of Hawaii. Uh, so did you get to go to Hawaii for your... No, no, no. So I didn't. So I actually <clears throat> didn't end up going to infantry. They gave us an out. They said, well, since we're breaking your contract, you can either get out. And I think I had about a year left, a year and a half left. and uh, Or you can swatch or sw- uh, swap um, MOSs, right? Mm-hmm. Your, 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 your job. And uh, I used to love taking videos and taking pictures and all that stuff. And so there was a, I competed in the soldier of the year for the state of Arizona and met some people from the public affairs. So they were taking pictures, doing interviews and all that stuff. And my sergeant, my sponsor, he was like, Hey, he goes, you like doing that dumb stuff, right? He goes, why don't you, why don't you go do that? He goes, they've yeah. never deployed. He goes, last time they deployed, he goes, they went to Florida. They were at CENTCOM. Next thing you know. And I was like, I got a year and a half left. Okay, cool. So yeah. I did. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to go and I'm going to learn how to be a videographer and all that cool stuff. Right. Well, literally two months into uh, my, me switching over, uh, they're like, Hey, we're going to Iraq. <laughs> of course, of course so, we are. And I'll tell you what, I worked inside. I did learn a lot about graphic design. I learned about how to, you know, how to make a, a newspaper. I mean, I was essentially, even though I was new to it, I never got to school for it because we didn't have time. We were deploying. So they just said, what are you good at? And I was like, well, I'm, I'm a good artist. And I can take pictures. And if you teach me how to write, I can I can write. Yeah. And uh, so they made me the layout design guy. Okay. So I, I learned how to do the layout design of a newspaper. And it was a 24-page newspaper every every week, every Sunday. Yeah. It would come out. So we'd have a week to, to put it together. And, you know, that that's where I learned all, all that stuff. And while that was probably the best thing I learned in the military, because there's no artillery jobs outside. <laughs> there's nothing you can do. Are you do. sure? I'm pretty sure. Well, actually, no. I think they're necessary. You know what? There, yeah. I, there, was, there was one uh, that, that I saw. There was... Um, an artillery unit out of California. It's a civilian unit. It's not really a, a unit. Let me rephrase that. They they take artillery guys because they take these. Um, I I guess they're. I don't know if they're howitzers or what kind of cannon it is, but they shoot special chemicals into the forest when there's forest fires. Oh, okay, yeah. So that there's so there's a need for that, but I'm pretty sure it's a very niche. Sure. Thing. Yeah. Outside of that, I don't think there's many jobs for artillerymen. Yeah, I think there's probably some guy in his 70s still doing that job. So you're never going to. So get you're that never going to get that job. Die on the job. Yeah. Can you imagine just shooting things into the woods all the time? Just, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. your that's your job. Whenever there's a fire, it's like just, you're hey, call, call that guy up. We're going to pay him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And you blow the dust off the thing and bam, start but launching stuff. To be fair, you can teach a monkey how to. Pull that lanyard, so I want to get a lot of hate from the artillery. It's folks, it's, but not, it's not hard. Honestly, it's it, it's not across the board. It's, it's not hard. It's not hard until something goes wrong. Right. Everything. Yes. The thing. The most thing. And this is what I tell my kids too. Out of everything, when you do something hard, it's not learning necessarily that job because, like I said, it's they make it they they make it pretty easy. The military yeah. makes it pretty easy for because you don't, you're you're dealing with people from you know uh, very smart to. Not stupid. Smartest. So no, it's okay. You, stupid. You, yeah. you you have to make it so that everybody understands it. Yeah. And, and they do. They simplify it. They make yeah. it as easy as possible. Uh, but the thing that you I can, can still take, screw it up, though. Yeah, you, I well, guarantee you'll it. Find it. Yeah. I can oh, still screw it up. Plenty of people. Still <laughs> like, screw it up. The, the, did you ever shoot the AT4? 
Have you ever no, seen it? No, no. So it literally has the instructions on it. Like on, on the AT4, it has a picture and the instructions that says, hold this way and then arrow that way, right? And so you hold it. Then the next one says, open this. So you open this latch. And it says, then this, when you're ready to shoot, aim, pull this thing out. It literally has a diagram and it tells you. How, and if our enemy ever saw, I mean, I'm sure they do because you can see these online. You can pull it up and see it. Yeah. Um, it looks like it's meant for kids. Yeah. I mean, even even the uh, Claymore. Right, you've seen that, right? And the sun front says towards front enemy. towards enemy. Yeah. <laughs> Just. I mean, you gotta do. You gotta. You gotta account for the lowest common denominator yeah. in yeah. all yeah. things, really. Like you, you can't. You can't like go into anything and be like, all right, I'm gonna teach this. You know, the the way that I the way that teach yeah, it, or the way yeah. that I would teach it to. You know, I would hope that uh, going to medical school. Isn't taught that way though. <laughs> I would hope that I, you're not teaching to the yeah. low. I feel like they still have. I to think teach they still have to. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What do those guys become? Pediatricians or something? Yeah. <laughs> well, the joke. What's the joke? What do you call a guy that got a D in medical school? Doctor. Doctor. Still, yeah. still yeah. right? He's still, he's still passed. Yeah. Right. That's I mean, across, even law school. Imagine like you don't know oh, that your you don't know that your self or that your government assigned lawyer wasn't a you know D law school student. Yeah. 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 You know, <clears> or even the <throat> lawyer that you hire. You know, yeah. they could be a very well be a D law, but that that doesn't necessarily mean that they're even going to be bad at it. Right. You right. Know, yeah. They, they may crush it. Yeah. They just may not like school. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It, that's it's, true. it's pretty well. I don't know. I, 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 the only dealings I've really had with the, you know, the justice system has been through my divorce, but it was amazing to me how all those lawyers like knew each other. Like they know everybody oh, yeah. in the building. You know what I mean? They're yeah, all like yeah, friends. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So oh, we're doing this again. We're doing oh, this again. Doing <laughs> yeah. It's luck. on. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. So let, let's talk a little bit about, um, about jujitsu. Um, Steve, you're kind of, you're like, I think, I feel like I had to get to know you before you kind of opened up to a lot of things. Cause we only, we only talk like briefly every once in a while, you know, yeah. we trained together at Navas and saw each other at tournaments, stuff like that. But you know, I'm always been curious, like, how does somebody get, you know, get out of the Air Force? I mean, obviously, you're, you seem like a very competitive physical guy. So I, I think jujitsu is is a, a good fit for someone like you. But what what was it about jujitsu that made you feel like, forget everything else, this is all I want to do? Well, so my my original exposure to jujitsu was when I was like 15 or 16. Okay. Um, so I, I started off boxing, uh, well, wrestling. And then I was boxing when I was younger, uh, local gym, you know, I grew up in, uh, outside of St. Louis and we could walk there. We could, me and my, one of my neighbors and his name was Markel. Great dude. Could have been a great boxer. I don't know why he quit, but love the guy. Um, we were, we would walk or like ride our bikes. We would get rides, whatever, but it was local. And then they started an MMA team. And so, you know, I was like, I want to be an MMA fighter. Did they do any ground stuff? Yeah. So like very minimal. Okay. Uh, we had a, we had a guy named Rocky Bircher. He was a, um, a Lindenwood, uh, NAIA national champion. Okay. Um, really good wrestler. Uh, he used to teach us, you know, some basic fundamentals of jujitsu type stuff that he knew. Um, he hadn't really dove into jujitsu at that point yet. Was he's, it, was I it very much like, now. Was, was it like Gracie jujitsu? Like the very, very fundamental kind stuff? of, it was, cool. I, yeah. I would say it's like mo closely akin to like, I guess, catch wrestling okay. kind of stuff. Gotcha. Um, yeah. you know, we learned like a Kimura and yep. like a little bit of back control, stuff like that. Um, and you know, MMA. And so like, you know, I kind of progressed to that and then I did like light, I, I went to, um, uh, JW Wright's Academy in St. Louis for like two months before I joined the military. 
Okay. And then I joined the military, got into like bodybuilding and like ended up in CrossFit for a while, was competitive in that up and down California, uh, did a bunch of competition and stuff like that. And one day I, I switched gyms and I broke my ankle coming down off of a muscle up, like just, and oh, crap. yeah. And it was like this weird, like I was in, I was in weightlifting shoes, you know, they're really hard. Yeah. I was in weightlifting shoes and I, I was like, you know, starting to get injured more. And I was like, man, this is just not do I'm not that old. I'm like 20, 23 at the time, I think. And I was like, I'm not that old. I shouldn't be getting injured this often. And one of my buddies was like, Hey dude, you want to do jujitsu? I was like, I've done that before. I was like, yeah, why not? Like I used to wrestle, like, why not? Let's do it. And so went to uh, Infinite Jiu-Jitsu in um, Roseville, California. As I, that was back when I was stationed in California. And got started up there. And, yeah, from the day I walked in, I was just like, this was back in, like, uh, middle of 2017, something like that. Yeah. From the day I walked in, I was like, yeah, this is this, this is where I need to be. And so I kind of stopped CrossFit from there. I couldn't pay for two, two memberships yeah. anyways. And then it, It's basically the same Cost right. I mean, pretty CrossFit close, yeah. jujitsu, pretty, pretty close. close yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I was paying more for CrossFit <clears throat> at the time. Yeah. Um, CrossFit was like super expensive in Northern California because yeah. it was, you know, that was kind of, and it was during the the peak of kind like of a heyday, be, right? before the CrossFit <laughs> Games. Really, like, kind of like I don't know. They had some kind of big crazy falling out thing that happened. I don't. I didn't really follow it, but recently. It was within the like last you know five six years okay, or something okay. like that. The like, owner, right? Something. The guy yeah, the guy it was like that. something with Dave Castro yeah. and like the whole thing. I don't know. Some CrossFit people are probably freaking out. Um, yeah, <laughs> they all know. They're like, oh no. But um, it's yeah, they had some kind of falling out. But back then, you know, I'm sure it's a little bit cheaper now to get into CrossFit. Mm-hmm. But and I still love that sport. I still apply a lot of it to like different things that I do. But um. But yeah, I, I kind of, uh, once I got back into jujitsu and I like, you know, got beat up by people and I was like, man, this is it. <laughs> I, love I was it. like, this is what I got to do. And yeah. so like since then, you know, I progressed like my, my training outside of jujitsu has always been progressing towards like ways to improve my jujitsu. So yeah. that's kind of been my progression through like keeping up with that and yeah. like still, still training outside of jujitsu and still doing, you know putting as much time as I can into jujitsu at the same time. I love it. Yeah. And you're, you're, you're a really good coach, man. You're, you're a really good coach. I mean, the, all the feedback I get is like <clears throat> all the, all the, like you're not teaching over anybody's head. Like, you know, like you're steady, even keel and everybody kind of, everybody likes your teaching style. So did you do any, any instruction in the military? Did you do anything, anything like that? Yeah. So <laughs> in the military, I, I did, uh, like I, I got out as an E6. So, okay. Okay. So, so I you, had, yeah. I had some, some, uh, you know, different times that I was teaching. I was a, you know, resource advisor before I got to my, uh, my last space. Cause I was only there for four months in my last space. Yeah. But before I got there, I was a resource advisor. So I was like, you know, in charge of like 400 plus people. Wow. Um, so I had done like worked with people, done, done a lot of teaching things and different aspects. Cause like I said, I was, a uh, at, and we were talking about this before we started, but, uh, I was on the YouTube for a long time Yeah, and I did a lot of teaching with that as I was, you know, towards the end of my time at Beale and just kind of teaching people how to, cause like that, again, that aircraft doesn't really have a troubleshooting tree. It just kind of like hang know, from the wing, know, just hang from the wing, <laughs> yeah. know, know what you're, know what you're doing yeah. and, and share it. Yeah. That's and why you so. guys had to do CrossFit. 
You're going to have to learn how to hang <laughs> on the jump, wing. Jump up on the wing <laughs> and be able to hang on it. Yeah, yeah. level a plane out. Yeah, how about you, Mario? How did you find jiu-jitsu? I mean, because you've been training with me. How long? How long have you been So, training? just over two months now because okay, I did yep. the six-week challenge yep. and now it's been about a... Just over, but almost, we're on second week after that. So okay. We're on eight weeks. Eight now. weeks. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, I first started, I first got it in, um, and and going back to real quick, Steve is a really great uh, coach, by the way. And, yeah. you know, I, I haven't written anything or sent you anything. I should, but I'll just do it here. Uh, we'll do a live recording. Um, one of the things that, and I'm not just saying it because he's here, but I can tell is that he does things that make you remember certain steps, right? Like even when you do the swoop. Right. Those yeah. little noises. <clears throat> yep. Those work. Those yep. work. Those cues work. I used to have a, 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 a instructor in the military. They used to do a snap. You do the snap like that to make everybody focus on that spot. Yep. And 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 some people was like, that's degrading. You're like, no, it's not. He, he no. literally said he would just be talking and he would be snapping and everybody would be looking and he wouldn't have to stop the class and say, hey, guys, pay attention. He would just snap and they'd be like, oh, look down here. And you're looking at what he's doing with someone's foot. Um, in the military, right, uh, cadences and all that are very important. So that's how I can tell. Like, he knows what he's doing, right? Those yeah. things are not just for fun. It's not just to make people laugh or whatever. But if people chuckle. I guarantee yeah. you they're going to remember that. Yeah. And like, oh, yeah, swoop. And mm-hmm. I don't know how many times I'd like to take uh, uh, like a, uh, what do you call it, like a, a questionnaire or something. How many times people were competing and were like, oh, yeah, swoop. And yeah. Remember, remember little things like that, right? Yeah. Not just that one specific, but other stuff that your instructor told you. So that that is how I can tell you. I can validate. Obviously, you don't need my validation, but uh, from my point of view, that's the the telling of a good instructor. So, yeah. And, and you do that very well. So thank you. And you're the only, well, I think we've had because I've done the no-gi a few times yeah. and then Saturday class. So I've had, I've met two or three other people. I couldn't tell you their name because I'm old, but, uh, <laughs> but I mean, I just learned his name this last week, you know, so, yeah. and I've been, we've been, uh, he's been coaching me for, you know, over six weeks now. So, yeah. And what, what uh, you're going to find, I'm, I don't mean to interrupt you, I'm yeah. sorry, but what you're going to find is, um, when, when you have, when you're, when you're dealing with an instructor as, as a, cons- as consistent as, as he is, um, that class takes on a personality. So when you go to a different class, Very you're almost so. going to be a snob. Like that's not how we do it, right? Right. What's right. wrong with these guys? And right. I, I try not true? to. I try not to do right. that. Yeah. I try yeah. not to do that because yeah. I learned. Um, so going back to your question, in from the military, um, I learned. Um, well, I went to a combatist class. This was my first deployment in 2004, and I was in Fort Hood, and so they said um, I, I think I just graduated with like less than six months mm-hmm. from basic training, right? Mm-hmm. So I was still in great shape. Uh, and so they picked some of the, the and that was a private, so they picked some of the privates and a few specialists, right, to go and, and do this one-week training. I was like, one-week training? And so every morning we'd get up and we were in our barracks at Fort Hood and we'd get picked up by a bus and they'd take us to a little gym outside. Um, I think it was outside of the base. Um, and it, it was just, it was a wrestling gym, right? a local high school gym. And because we literally had the whole battalion, so we probably had about 100 people Imagine a hundred people on mats training. So that's why they had these whole basketball gyms. They would put mats all down. What was the uh, ratio of instructors to students? Um, so they had one head instructor and then they had about four um, underneath them. So and, and, and were they like certified to teach the course, the so guys it, underneath them? This is the military, right? Yeah. So <laughs> when you say certified, it's it's military certified. Right. They had that so, one week course and then so, they're good to go. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I say jujitsu because yeah. it's not, it's not. It's the most basic, right? It's the very most basic rear naked choke, arm bars. You don't get into the leg stuff. You don't get into throws, anything else. This is level one 
uh, 40 hours. Now, I don't know if you know the history of the military. So this is the this is the combat training. The mm. stuff that we used to go through in basic, right, with the pugil sticks and then the fighting and the whatever, you know, you just go into a sand pit and you make people fight. I don't know if you, you got, did you guys ever do anything like that in basic? I, I did not. The, the very, I did not. The no. very basic. So in the army, no. that's one of the things you have to pass just like, you know, anything else. Um, well, when they revamped this course, they actually went out to California in 95 to Torrance with the Gracie family. So the Gracies are the ones that actually created the level one, level two, level three combatives uh, instruction or the military. So everything was very much based on on Gracie Jiu Jitsu. Right? Yeah. And so that's the first time I ever Which is legit. I mean which legit. Is, yeah. I mean if if you ha- if you have a guy who's proficient in Gracie Jiu Jitsu against someone who is not, it's not even gonna be close. They're gonna dominate. So yeah. And even even at that level, right, where you're just even the most basic stuff, once you learn that, then you know, at least in, in the battlefield. And so the the concept of the of military combatives is um, the true characteristic of a warrior is the willingness to meet with the enemy, mm. right? And so they'd always teach you, right? And also, in, and I know we'll get to those positions when you're trying to reverse a, a, a you know, rear, um, someone's got you in the rear mount or something mm-hmm. like that, uh, depending on where you are, right? You never want to give up your back. And they always say, you got to face your enemy. Oh, wow. You always got to face your enemy. And so that was taught you. It's like, yeah, don't turn this way and give them your back. You, you, and most people will, right? Because they don't want to get hit. You start throwing stuff at them, even a slap, and people are going to, you know, kind of cower a little bit, right? Yeah. It's like you have to be willing. If you want to survive the fight, you have to face your enemy. Yeah. And when you're down there and trying to escape certain things, you can't do it by giving them your back. Yeah. Right? Um, so that, that always stuck with me, too. And so that was my introduction. So I did that one uh, while I was on that deployment. Then when I moved to Arizona, my unit, um, again, they got a slot to go down and uh, do another level one training, same thing. So it was the same one. I, I was already certified. I didn't have to go because I already had that certificate. Um, and the military, you don't you don't get points for um, the same school mm-hmm. if you go twice, right? So it didn't matter to me, but I just was so hooked. And I was never in a school or anything like that. So I went to that training again. And that's where I was telling you that I got those scars on mm-hmm. my, um, yeah. um, what do you call it, my right? forearms. Yeah, from... Yeah, from because we would do every morning, and you, and we these are eight hour days. So and and imagine I would love nothing more than to get paid to just oh, train for eight yeah. hours a day. <clears throat> yeah. And back then you're like exhausted, but I mean we'd get up, we'd go and do our stuff. You know, probably about 20, 30 minutes, same thing of exercise, running around, push ups, sit ups, all that stuff. And then um, then we do like you know um, well we called it swimming, but mm-hmm. what what is yeah, uh, I mean, it's- you're, you're talking about like um, when pummeling, pummeling, yeah, yeah. pummeling. Yeah. We, yeah. They, that's the thing is the military was also good at that because you, you're teaching to the masses. So they had certain names. Right. So like um, what was it called? Uh, uh, we would call it combing their hair was when you would put them in the rear naked choke because they would teach you to put your hand over them and then bring the knuckles back. Right. And so you're, oh, yeah, comb their hair. Oh, yeah. Sweep the or paint the floor. Right. For a, a Kimura. Yeah. So paint Americana, the floor. With, yeah. Or, yeah. Americana. Yeah. So they, they, they had all these different <laughs> names. So now when I say it, I'm like, yeah, swimming. And they're like, wow, what do you mean swimming? I was like, you know, when you're swimming, they teach you to pummel. Yeah, yeah. Like, pummel kind of more pummel. like the action of pummeling is right. like to swim. To swim. Yeah. Right. That's to why swim. they call it. Yeah. To swim. So you're kind of like doing this. So anyways, and every day for like a full week doing that. And so I told them I had these scars here from just the the skin going raw from yeah. imagine your your the and those BDUs weren't oh on, so you were in uniform you, you were in uniform oh, wow. oh we were in uniform yeah, okay. yeah nothing yeah it was boots and all boots not, and all not boots that okay. was the only thing we would take off our boots okay uh, but we were in uniform yeah and wow. sometimes they were like you should probably flip them over because the pockets and stuff were getting caught in people people's fingers were breaking and, oh yeah. Uh, yeah I had a guy's finger get caught in my pocket my pant pocket 
and and when when I rolled, it just it literally twisted. It it was sideways when he got up. Yeah. Ouch. So yeah, so those those rash guards. I mean those those uh, uniforms. They're not meant for, no. you know, but it's the military, right? Yeah. So went through that class again. And then on my second deployment, they were offering the level two, which is 80 hours. That's more advanced. And so now you're, now you're adding stand-up stuff and things like that, you know, but to pass each class, the first level, um, you, it's called just, you just got to be able to take a punch. So you mm. learn how to take a punch. You have to be able to Wait, stop somebody. Time out. Time out. How do you learn how to take a punch? You get punched. <laughs> Literally, that's how the military teaches you. You just get. Uh, so they have the instructor. You get punched. The instructor has to be level two or above, right? <clears throat> and so they take you through a training where you have to either do like some kind of like a seatbelt grip where you, you're stopping them from hitting you, uh, or something from behind, right? You're putting your your head low on their on their. I mean, it's it's very basic stopping somebody how to hit you the most basic right yeah and and then the instructors just get to literally just punch you so they just punch you and punch you and punch you awesome. until you stop them you got about two minutes to stop them and you have to do it like three times something like that i don't know if it's if it's changed now but once you get through that and you go through the 40 hours then you graduate that was that's yeah. your, that's your that's the military <laughs> that's interesting because like if you ever roll with somebody who did mm just does mma and that you're you just rolled jujitsu with them they almost seem sloppy in their role. And I don't mean that offensively. I mean, the reason I say that is because, oh, I got my knee shield in pretty easy on this guy on a half guard. Well, because he was posturing himself to beat the shit out of me. Yeah, to punch yeah. me in the face, right? right? So the reason there was that gap is because he's not allowed to hit me in the face. If he were allowed to hit me in the face, I probably... It'd be different. Yes, yes, it'd be very, very different. different. And um, I find that interesting. So that that makes a lot of sense to me that you would be taught to, you know, control one side. You know, we don't really talk about that a lot. You know, and sometimes, like, if I'm teaching, like, a cross-collar choke, I'll show people how to do it with a T-shirt, you know, how to use their T-shirt to, oh, yeah. to, to set up those grips. Um, but we really don't talk about that a lot. We're, we're so into... It's gotten so far into the sport aspect the competition, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the unfortunate part, I, I don't want to call it unfortunate. It's, it, I, I love them both. Like, I love the, you know, the uh, the um, sport aspect, and I love the uh, self-defense aspect. But I really find that you're learning self-defense in a playful manner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You really yeah. are. Yeah. yeah. And, and I've had students, you know, I'm not proud of this at all. I've had students get into altercations at school. And, you know, parents will come and talk to me about it. One of them was on film. You know, kids, they just film it. And it got oh, back yeah. to the parent. And the and the dad showed me as this kid um, that I taught years ago. <clears throat> and the kid, he was uh, undersized. So he would always get like, you know, just squashed. But he always had this like, like goofy look on his face, like a half smile. And, you know, every time he was rolling. While I'm watching this video, he has that little half smile on his face. But he was able to stop the fight three times, four times, without throwing a single punch. So the kid would start you know, punching him and he threw a sick arm bar from, from guard <laughs> and then they broke it up and the kid hit him again. It started again. Then he took his back and, you know, started choking him. And then, but he was able to control the kid 100% without throwing a single punch or taking damage. Yeah. And that's kind of what we're teaching him, right? Yeah. I don't want anyone to get hurt. I certainly don't want to teach a kid to be a bully, right? Because he could have easily controlled the kid and beat him up or hurt him pretty badly or choked him out, but he didn't. 
because we're learning this stuff, this stuff playfully, right? Where you're, you're going to be fighting for your life one day. That's what they're teaching. Right. You, right. So it's very different. That's why it's don't turn your back too. Yeah. Because like in sport jujitsu, it's like sometimes there's times that you will turtle turn up. your, your better, turtle. Yeah, and like, better than another position. Exactly. Right. But in real life. Yeah. You're, you're not going to put your back to somebody because what if they pull a knife? Yeah. What if they yeah. pull a gun. What yeah. if they pull, you know, a weapon out and your back's turned to them. It's like, okay, there's, you know, definitely a time and place. And, and you don't want like too much again. Yeah. It's like kind of like, you would hope people would think about that if it did come to that instance. They're not like, I mean, obviously, like, you would hope that they have enough jujitsu skill that if the they're in a fight that they're they're not turtling up in a yeah in a, they, in a fight. they they get it yeah. outside. But, but, yeah. but here's the thing, man, <clears throat> and we've all screwed around with our you know you know street clothes, mm-hmm. right? With friends or whatever, we've all done it. And the difference is, <clears throat> people say, well, it's not realistic to to train in a gi. It's not realistic. No gi's not realistic because no one's you know whatever. But when you're even screwing around with somebody who has no idea what they're doing, it doesn't matter what you're wearing. No. You could wear uh-huh. a friggin' tuxedo and still beat their ass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you just know how to control them. You know how to throw that knee across their body to flatten out their hips and make them go, Ugh, right? And you just know that stuff. So to say to say that it's not realistic, okay, we're not punching each other, but I also don't shoot my friends at the range when we go shooting, right? right? right. That's not real. <laughs> to right. make it more realistic, yeah. right? Go run out there real quick. <laughs> well, maybe those crazy, have you seen those crazy Russian videos? Those, I, yeah, I don't know. Are those real Dude. sometimes? They're, they're shooting each other? Yeah. No, they're well, shooting at, at close to each other. Yeah. They're shooting like over their shoulders and stuff. Like, it's insane, dude. Down to their feet. Have you seen the one where the guy's disarming the dude and it's actually firing a live gun? Yeah. I don't yeah, know. He actually, it could be yeah. a blank. Well, yeah, you're right. I, <clears throat> but I have seen that one where the guy, he's like, yeah, shoot me. So like in, in you know, when you see those videos, it's always like a guy with just a fake gun and disarms him, right? But yeah. this guy's actually having them shoot the gun. And before the, it goes off, the guy's doing like some John Wick stuff. Yeah. No, he's got the gun, bang, and then he disarms him. So he gets it off track, yes, like off center, like just yeah, just uh, just enough to yeah. yeah. But it's not like the guy's coming from a holster. The guy's mm-hmm. got a gun pointed at his face. Oh, and he's like grabs it right. It's got to be a blank. It's, it's got to be, be a dude. Blank. It's got to be. But like you get that, you know, I, oh, you yeah. know that feeling. Even, like even oh my gosh, sucks. you know, even that sucks yeah. going off in front of your face. Oh yeah, right that would hurt you. That would hurt you. Um, yeah, that's Russia though, dude. No, no, but yeah. So yeah, so that that's the thing. Yes, you can train realistically if you don't want to train often. Right. I mean, that's yeah. just that's just the reality yeah, of it. Right. You know, I can only get punched in the face so many times before I can't get punched in the face anymore. You know, but yeah, that's 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 always the analogy I use. Like, it's not realistic. Well, I don't shoot my friends at the range. We shoot paper. Well, even in MMA now, right? They're saying a lot of people are going to the not sparring as much. There used to be a time where sparring was the only thing. Like, mm-hmm. you would train in your specific. <clears throat> Well, you would train, you know, once it started developing more, you would train in different uh, techniques, but they would emphasize uh, sparring, yeah. sparring right before a fight. And now they're like, no way. Like, they, you know, no. I'll do two well, or three all light Strickland sparring. That's does, though. Yeah. Str- Sean that's Strickland? all he does. Yeah. Cowboy Cerrone. Yeah. Cowboy Cerrone. Yeah, he, only, yeah, he only hits pads and he goes, I know how to fight. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. right. So he doesn't, he name? doesn't I'm, spar. I'm the best boxer in MMA. What's his name? Oh, uh, I, um, yeah. Um, streamer. Yes. I don't know. Okay, I can't remember his name. I, I'm, yeah, I'm sure we'll I'm catch shit him. for that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you know, the thing is, like, I hate to say this, like, I love jujitsu. I love, love, love jujitsu. Just the fact that I, you know, I'm an academy owner and I've got, like, you know, whatever. It's like, I'm over the moon. Like, I'm, I'm so grateful. 
but I'm not a fan. Like I'm not an MMA fan. I don't. I can't watch jujitsu. Like oh, really? I, I really like. For me, it's like going to a high school re, uh, high school graduation of people you don't know. Mm. You know, I'm like, hey, good job. I don't care. Yeah, I really yeah, yeah. don't. You know, and, and but I'll <clears throat> if 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 I'm studying a technique and then I can find some video live, like I'll do that because mm-hmm. I love studying technique. But I, I I can't fanboy and watch people. A student, not a fan. Yeah, I'm a student, not a fan. That's okay. I, now I feel better about myself. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Well, you know, because I used to catch some crap. People would be like, oh, did you see this guy do this to that guy? I was like, no, nah, I didn't watch it. I mean, I'll watch some highlights yeah. here or there. But, but that yeah. just shows, like, that's 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 what it takes mm. to to own a gym and to run. Because you've got all these people. You're responsible yeah. For all these people. And those people, you know, when they go out there, they're representing you. Yeah. You know, so that in itself is, you know, if people get too caught up on all the, the, the small stuff or the things that don't matter, because watching now, I'm not saying you shouldn't watch those things. Uh, I used to be a huge MMA fan, UFC fan. And then as I got older and my jobs got crazier and, and I wanted to stay in shape or do something, I had to pick and choose what I had to do. And yeah. so now I'm choosing my health. So I have to cut out some stuff and I'm not going to cut out the good things I build up. I'm going to cut out the things that I'd like, but I don't necessarily, they don't necessarily improve my life. Max Holloway. Max <laughs> Holloway. That's right. Max Holloway. Oh, Max Holloway. Yeah. Yes. Yes. He's yeah, got great yeah. hands though. He does. he does have great hands. He, does. he doesn't spar. <clears throat> it, really? He doesn't spar. Yeah. He, he stopped. He stopped, he stopped on, sparring, in the last yes. like few years. A lot of those guys from Hawaii have good hands. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Just natural hands for yeah. some reason. Cause BJ Penn, while he was an amazing, uh, you know, uh, Jiu-jitsu guy. Dude was the most he could, durable human being. He could, he never he got could insane. Yeah. insane. Yeah. He could he could fight. Like, yeah. you know, he mm-hmm. could he could fight yeah. with his hands too. Yeah. I mean, have you ever tried propelling yourself through the water all the time? It's really hard. Oh, when he's when he got in really good shape, yeah, and I'm, he started doing what he was jumping out of the yeah. pool and all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I tried it after that. There's a few, uh, a few shin. <laughs> I did shin you try bones. it? Yeah, I've tried. It. Yeah, yeah. I'm like the two or three foot side. <laughs> yeah, there's 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 things that I'm like, I I was listening to a podcast. Believe it or not. It was uh, Pete uh, Atia, Atia, mm-hmm. and uh, and Huberman. Is it yeah, Andrew yeah. Huberman? P- Peter Atia. Yeah. Atia, yeah. Yeah, and they were talking about things you things that you would like to do in your last decade of life. And if you think about it, he says like <clears throat> they were they were talking about all these markers. Like grip strength is a big marker. Mm-hmm. You know, being able to lift heavy things is a big marker. But you need to set goals to do things. Um, you know, in your last decade of life that most people can't do. And you got to start doing them now. Start training for them now. Like simple things like, can you get out of a pool without using the ladder or the stairs? You know, can you, can you walk up a flight of stairs? Can you walk across the room without the assistance of a cane? You know, that yeah, type of thing. Yeah, yeah. And he's, and it was a really cool, I haven't finished the podcast. It was like two hours, 40 minutes long. So I'm like right in the middle of it. But they were talking like things like if you can hold a 90 degree squat, air, air squat, body squat uh, for like two minutes, you're in the, after you're 40 you know, after 40, um, you're in the top whatever percentile. And then uh, grip grip strength was another one. If you can hold your body weight distributed into two pieces, like two dumbbells or whatever, or, or kettlebells, and if you could hold that for a minute, you're in the upper percentile. Women is like 75% of their body weight, something like that. But it's not like you got to hold it all with one hand. It's right. like two two different. Hands. And um, so I, I think about those things and I, I feel like, okay, well, I'm, I, Pretty close to ahead of the curve, right? I'm not going to jump out of a pool, right? right. <laughs> Especially not at 51. But, um, but yeah, those are those are the things that I think about. Like you know, and BJ Penn, he was he was not just inspiring by his um, his um, you know his his ability to jump out of pools. Like he did so many things 
like in the grappling world that most mm-hmm. people don't give him a lot of credit right. for. He's I mean, things like black belt, right? Yeah, like three years something yeah, like that. How, him, him and Coyotera. How is that yeah. possible? Like, what did he do? <clears throat> um, and it's re- and it's re- and it's real, right? It was legit. Do you think? Or he is, he is a legit black belt. He is well, a legit, and he's a good judo player let, too. But let's say at, at the three year mark when he did graduate, <clears throat> was that? I mean, or were they kind of getting Here, advancing him a little bit? To, he wouldn't be able to compete in IBJJF. Yeah. Because Which, he needs, who cares? M- yeah, he yeah, won. Right. He won a um, a um, world championship, I believe in, I believe is a world championship in du- in judo as a judo white belt. Oh wow! So so there, right. yeah. <laughs> and I, I never question that legitimacy. I'm just asking from like a professional, um, like how how real can that be? I mean, what did he have to do? Just just every day, just train, and grind every day. Is that what it would take? Or, I mean, or he show? Was, he was training every day. Yeah, it's from, not just that. Like show an understanding of the if, moves. If, I haven't seen, like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't watch jujitsu. I study jujitsu, but I haven't seen enough of BJ Penn's like competitive life to say to speak intelligent, intelligently yeah. about that. But I have seen a lot of Kyotera stuff, and he's he was the same way. He was a phenom, three year black belt, maybe three or four year black belt, something yeah, like that. Him and like Kit Dale, I yeah. think, was really fast too. Yeah, but uh, Kyotera would sign up in the ultra heavy, which means the person that he's fighting is two over two hundred and twenty pounds. Kyotera might be one forty right now. <laughs> like and he's not he, and he's like his he's he's a retired competitor yeah. which means he's not in competition shape he's probably get to rooster if he really tried yeah but he would fight ultra heavies and win that's crazy yeah and at the highest like, level uh, the highest level Mikey Musumeci yeah Mikey Musumeci and 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 the reason these guys like maybe with the exception of um uh what's a what's a young kid uh Brazilian kid um Mika Mika Gaval Mika Gaval got his black belt a little bit early. So he was kind of disqualified from competition, but he murdered everybody. He was, yeah. he was so freaking good. I think he got his black belt at like 17, and I think you got to be like 18 or 19. Oh, minimum. really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So jiu-jitsu does a really good job about of that. So they have a kid system, right. a juvenile system, and an adult system, right? So the kids' belt levels are different than the adult belt, belt levels. But you can't advance. You'll, you'll never see a nine-year-old black belt in jiu-jitsu. It's never going to right. happen, right? I mean, and I'm not... Because even I'm not, if he was a nine-year-old black belt, I'd still kick his ass as a white belt. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, but I'm but like, we'll see. But jujitsu doesn't even let you get to a certain point in the kids' belts until you hit a certain age age level, mm-hmm. right? So you're you're not going to see a, a nine year old green belt either. You know what I mean? They're usually about fourteen when yeah. they hit green belt, and that's after like nine years of training. And what's yeah. green belt in so, for kids? So green belt, uh, they're, they're crazy. Yeah, they're they're Is like it? they're 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 rolling at a black belt level. Okay, but here's the crazy thing: to get to the end of your green belt, you probably have to train about ten years. Okay, yeah. 10 years of training. Then those kids are not eligible for any other belt except blue. And then they just in, go beat up blue belts. So what is that, in the real latte a green belt? Or was he an orange belt? I know he was. I don't remember. He was something. But yeah. he, so when you, when you say kids under 18. Or you're talking the, the year they turn 16. Your blue belt. Yeah, wow. the year you turn 16, you're eligible for your blue belt. And that's a, a, a legit blue belt. Now, now you're talking. They an adult. get their blue belt, but they're they're they're, they're smoking. Blue yeah, they're murdering. They're, they're <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the, then then they get their purple, and they're just it's like the Colbate is a good example because yeah. yeah. he was been training forever, and then he's like 18 now. I mm. got his black belt recently, mm. but yeah. he he was like blue belt crushing everybody, purple belt crushing, crushing everybody. everybody. Yeah, um, you know, just as each level, just it's, crushing it's not even fair. It's so not. Long. Yeah, it's not even fair. So here's the thing. Some kids will be a blue belt two years as a juvenile and then two more years as an adult when they hit 18. Mm. Right. So then by the time they they get their their purple belt, they've been training 14 years. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know, it takes roughly nine to 10 to get a black belt. These kids have been training 14 years and they're still a few years, years away still. from getting their black belt. Right. So as they progress, like that's those phenoms that you see, those right. kids that you see on the mats in, in competition where you're like, yeah, I don't belong in the same room with this guy, kids, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but I think, I, I think we're going to see the world championships go to much younger, younger kids in the near future. Younger. I don't think, I hate to say this, but I don't know that you're going to see a 33 year old world champion in, in like 10 years. There's so many young kids now. It's like, you're like seeing some of the, like, I don't know, like Andy Varela, mm-hmm. his kids that he's training up. Those yeah. kids are crazy. Yeah. The Rotolo brothers. They're just brothers. like him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, the Rotolo brothers. Yeah. yeah. Just like the kids coming out of some of these places. It's like, man. And, and here's the best part. I wish I would have trained it. That I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but here's the best part. Like, they're not punching each other in the face. You can train jiu-jitsu every day. Right. As long as your body holds up, you can train jiu-jitsu every day. You know? And, you know, they're, the, these kids are not just... What a, lot of, what a lot of kids and parents don't understand, this isn't like soccer. You know what I mean? Where you could go for an hour of, um, of uh, uh, practice, you know, a couple times a week and then play on the weekend and yeah. be competitive. These kids are training early morning. These kids are staying after training. These kids are cleaning the gym. These kids are coming in on weekends. These kids are drilling hours and hours and hours and hours. And when they, when they, you know, people are like so like amazed when somebody innovates something. The guy spent a thousand hours mm-hmm. on the mat yeah. this year. <laughs> you know what I mean? He spent and a, probably just trained that move. Yes. That set. That's yeah. That. Yeah. And that's where the innovation comes from. I mean, and, and I, I don't think, um, I don't think Eddie Bravo gets enough credit for the innovation the innovator that he is. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when, when I see somebody come up with something like new, I always think like, so did Eddie Bravo. He came up with a whole right. new system, right? Yeah. He doesn't get enough People credit. Are like, oh, he just renamed stuff. It's like, no, he, no. he came up with an entire like the system. Twister. Like, wasn't that one of yeah. the more popular ones? Like that the, truck, in the, the truck, the truck, <laughs> the entire truck system, which is like where the, the Twister is built off built of that off of, system. Yeah. yeah. That, that whole system is pretty much Eddie, like, I mean, there was people doing things similar, but he made a system out of it. Yeah, right. He and, made it and, to where it's it's available to yeah. people. But but it was it was based off of the fundamental jujitsu stuff. So yes, he just right. he just kind of built off of something that already existed. But the thing that's is, what everything is, yeah, I was gonna yeah, say, that's what so everything the Gracie is. Family. That's what everything they, is. They yeah, did it from the yeah, Japanese, yeah. Japanese yeah. jujitsu, yeah. yeah, stuff Musashi like that. Musashi or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that might have been before their time. Yeah, <laughs> Musashi might have been. Uh, what was that dude? Three thousand years before. Was, yeah, no, that's the guy who wrote Maeda. 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 Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Maeda. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, so um, I'm not a jujitsu knowledge yeah. guy. I, I read a couple books. That's yeah, yeah. But um, but uh, yeah. Speaking of books, man. I'm not getting paid to say this, but I keep telling people about this book worth defending. If you haven't read it, mm. you got to read it, dude. You'll love it. You'll love it. Richard, uh, uh, Richard Bressler, who's been on the show. He, um, was Hori and Gracie's first American student. Hori and Gracie oh, yeah. lived with Richard. Mm. So as, and, and, Horian is credited for bringing jujitsu to the States. He was the creator of the UFC, all that other stuff. So right, he yeah, was yeah. kind of like the, California uh, the pioneer right, of California. Yeah, Torrance, yeah. 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 So he was the pioneer. So, and the thing is like what, what a lot of people don't understand and you and I come from the same culture um, and, and your, your culture might be the same. I don't know. But when, you know, American culture is like you have a single family home, right? And if you have a roommate, you each have your own bedroom, you share the living room, you share the kitchen, stuff like that. In our culture, if there's room, there's people coming. Like we can fit two in, we can yeah. fit two in the living room. Hey bro, come on up. Let's go. I, I, I could totally have room for you. And that was kind of like a culture shock for Richard because 
not only were they all like piled into this house, but they loved it because that's how they grew up. Right. And I, dude, that's, you got to read that book, dude. You'll love it. You'll What's love the name it. Of it again? It's worth defending. Worth defending. Like, like live a life that's worth defending. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's very, it's very cool. I was listening to, um, there's actually Rogan talking to Cam Haynes, I think, the, mm-hmm. yeah. the archer, right? Yeah. And they were talking about John Donaher. Somehow mm. they got it. And so he was talking, they, they played a clip where he's talking about how everything you do in life um, is only a certain percentage of things that happen to you that are, that are life changing. Like today, mm. something might happen to you that says I'm I'm on the road to jujitsu now. Mm-hmm. Like you know something sort of like what what I'm probably going moment. through a pivotal moment. Yeah. yeah, and I've I've had a few of those. And he broke it down. He goes, and how many of those do you normally get? Because normally people ask you how was your day. You're like, ah, you have to think, right? He goes, so he broke it down because before he was the uh, jujitsu, you know, master, he was. A philosopher, mm-hmm. I think, right? Yeah, he has a PhD. Yeah, yeah, and so, and he, he was talked, also a bouncer. <laughs> so he's so got a lot he, of life he experience. To, yeah, so he wanted to learn and see what what is important in life. And he goes, when you break it down, he goes, only five percent of your life. If you go by that, now I I think he's wrong because I think you can find meaning in so many other yeah. things. Mm-hmm. But I understand his concept. Mm-hmm. He's saying that means that you're only five percent of your, you're only living for five percent of your life because those are only the five percent meaningful things that have happened to you in your yeah. lifetime. Ninety five, and he goes by that <laughs> measurement, ninety five percent of your life is bullshit. He goes, you're, it's not meaningful. And you're like, oh, man. He just When you break it down like that. So he goes, so you have to do all those little things and concentrate and focus on what you want to do. Yeah. You know, if you do too much, if you spread yourself, he goes, you're not doing anything. You're not worth anything. And so that's how he explains his uh, kind of walk into jiu-jitsu and how he... That's yeah. all he does. He yeah. just lives, breathes, and yeah. That's very much it. like success principle esque. It's like it, when you you need a definite major purpose, and then you need to like have the faith to walk it out. To walk it out. Mm. So, so like having that purpose, having that like whatever John Danher's purpose is, probably to teach as many people as possible. You know, yeah. his system of jujitsu, and he had to like have that definite purpose and have like a b- burning desire for it and the faith to walk it out. Yeah. And what do you, what do you think is more effective or, or what do you think is more worthwhile reaching as many people as possible or reaching a few people intimately? Hmm. That's, that's profound. <laughs> that's, that's tough to, tough to decide on because you would want to, you would want to reach as many people as possible intimately. You know, mm-hmm. you would want to, you would want to be able to like, so I have, I have a personal, like, I, I guess you would call it like my life motto or like my mission statement in life. And it yeah. is to touch the lives of as many people as possible in a positive and empowering way, ensuring I leave behind a legacy that continues to affect the hearts and the minds of its creatures. Mm. And so that to me is like as many lives, but in an intimate way. Yeah. And so I don't know that having just like a few, I would want to like have a few intimate connections, maybe at a higher level, but still be able to like give as much as possible to as many people as possible, because you never know, even if you, cause, cause your perception is really your reality. So even if you think that you only gave that person some small minute thing that maybe isn't big to you, that could change their life. Yeah. You know, yeah. so if you're if you're out there and you're 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 sowing seed everywhere and you're you're, you know, giving love, giving positivity, giving, you know, whatever you can to as many people as possible, you're you're offering the opportunity to change a lot of people's lives. Yeah. Versus yeah. like staying in a small sphere. Yeah, you can affect those people's lives in a very positive way, but maybe not, you know, 
the opportunity to affect like a bunch of people. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's important to know because I think when you ask that question, um, is it good to affect a ton of people? I have a bigger reach, right? Or a closer tight knit group. And for me, the answer is like, well, I'm, you know, have, I've been talking about this. I'm like, I'm kind of tired of the whole reaching a, a big group because everybody's so different. And I'm just, I'm more about as old, the older I get, the tighter my, my group needs to be. Right. And so for me, it's like, I don't have the capacity to reach all those people. Right. But the way Steve said it, I feel like that is possible because if you just live your life to a certain way, then you don't necessarily have to have a big classroom. Like he doesn't have to have a hundred students right. to, to affect them. It's just everybody he's talking, talking to or, or touching uh, the, the, the freaking uh, black rifle coffee person that you got your coffee from this morning, the way you interacted with them, the way you interacted on the way out here. I mean, even the way you, you drive and the way you, you, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I take this all the way to, to driving. I go, if I don't react a certain way, that person that was pissed off and flipped me off and then I don't do anything back line like I used to, where I might tailgate him a little bit, give him a little bit of the, the business. <laughs> yeah. If I don't do that, that person's day all of a sudden it's like whatever they that they 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 did what they did and then they go on about their day and hopefully they go maybe i was a dick because they mm. didn't do anything back to me they didn't do anything else you know and that is like you're not even touching that person you're not even talking to them that yeah. that could change them right so if yeah. you think about it from that perspective and also if my kids are watching you know when my kids listen to let's say my daughter and she talks about her great grandma or not her, her grandma and she's um She's a bad driver. Oh, she gets so pissed off. She gets angry. She's listening to those things. She's yeah. picking up on it. So my daughter's telling me about this. And I'm like, I don't want my daughter to think that it's okay to be, a, uh, you know, e even if you are in the right to be that person, because you never know, especially when driving, right? I know I'm picking on that because that is one of the instances where you actually meet with somebody and could have the most impactful moment if you crash mm. that that's going to that's going to that's going to be meaningful in good or bad yeah. to both of you or where you're literally have never heard their voice and you can go on about your day it, that's how that's how quickly things could change in a yeah. road range incident right? yeah it's it's so. it's the difference between you know 15 seconds they're them being in your life for 15 seconds or 15 years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, and so if you can handle your stuff there and affect somebody in, in, in the least amount of, of, uh, you know, uh, uh, inact, uh, uh, touch or interaction, contact, yeah, interaction, intera yeah, yeah. contact interaction, then you can definitely do it with the grocery person that you see every day mm -hmm. with the, you know, the guy at the fuel uh, pump, whatever, uh, uh, all those people, the, the circle K guy, there is, I, I make, I get, uh, make relationships, not big, but with every single person, if I do something constantly. So I'm a guy that I would rather go somewhere because of customer service than pricing. Mm. You know, for example, when, you know, just Sprint, I was a Sprint guy forever because they were very easy to deal with. They were, you know, whatever. And, and you hate uh, receiving phone calls. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and so, uh, but, 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 you know, the, the pricing might have not always been been the best there was yeah. always cheaper stuff but they made it easy for me and that's my that's just my experience right but yeah. that's what i'll do with people and so if that circle k is a little bit out of my way it's not convenient it's maybe two minutes that's not too bad but most people would just go the convenient way i would rather go out of my way just because i want to i want to see joey mm. or i want to see mm. so and so because every morning you know he's cool he's out there smoking a cigarette or he's in there talking to people whatever the, the case might be right those mean something to me and i think the only way to be able to do that without spreading yourself too thin is to just live that way yeah right? yeah because you can't give yourself to 100 people 
um, you know, completely, but you, you meet a hundred people throughout the day. If your life day. becomes it rather than, yeah. your, like you're saying, if, if your life becomes that, if you become the person who just, you know, I try to give a positive impact yeah. to whoever I meet. Yeah. Then you are touching more people. So it, it depends. You have to be careful with what, what, cause there's people who love teaching, you know, big classes and, uh, or, or there's people who that is their, their, their life's goal is to be a teacher or an educator or a boss, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a leader in, in those, in that, and they're good at that. And they're really good at that. And my stage, like, that's not what I'm seeking. I'm not yeah. seeking to be, um, a leader anymore. You know, um, I guess I am in a different way, right? If I just do good, you're a leader just in, yeah. in general, right? Yeah. So in a, in essence, I'm more of a leader for my family. Yeah. If I can do the best for them, then it can't be bad for everybody else. Yeah. You know? If you have any, anyone in your life at all that depends on you, you're a, you are a leader period. Period. You have no, yeah, there's no choice about it. If you have kids, they depend on you. You're a leader. If you have a spouse that depends on you, you're a leader, you know, students, anything like that. So, I mean, it's really difficult to not, yeah. not be a leader and you don't have to lead by, you know, like tyranny just by example, you know, it's simple. It's simple. Right. Like you were saying, you know, interact in a positive way. I had a, I had not my best moment, uh, yesterday. Um, I get this message that my, um, my, um, bill for, my anesthesia for my knee surgery got sent to a collection agency. Mm. So it was a big circle. So had, had the surgery, I get a bill for the MRI and I'm like, I'm not paying this. It's ridiculous. Right. And then I get a bill for anesthesiologist. I'm like, what's going on? This is like way higher. Cause I've had knee surgery before right. and it didn't cost this much. So I call the folks and they're telling me, oh yeah, the insurance company said it wasn't uh, medically necessary. That was the MRI. I'm like, so what do I do typically for a knee surgery? Just cut me open and root around till you find something? Yeah. Or do we take a picture and find out what we're going after, right? Anyway, it was a big thing. A um, couple months went by and then I finally, you know, I, 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 well, I had called the insurance company before and I said, hey, what gives? And like, oh, we just need to verify that you don't have secondary insurance. I'm like, why? Oh, we just need to verify. I mean, I mean why? why? I mean, I, I, I have insurance. Right. Why do you need to verify that I have secondary insurance? Because you can bill them too? And like, no, 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 no. They, they're going on and on. I don't know if they're going to split the cost or whatever. I was like, well, I don't, right? So they get it all straightened out. I pay the MRI. It was a f- couple hundred bucks. You know, it wasn't 2,600 bucks right. that they were trying to charge me. And then I get a bill for the anesthesiologist for $69. I'm like, this is way better, yeah. right? This makes more <laughs> sense, right? With insurance, right? Then I get a message from a collection agency. Hey, we need your $69 and blah, blah, blah cents. And I was like, what? So I call the guy and I'm fuming. I'm fuming. And halfway through my rant, I realized this guy doesn't even work for the insurance company or the anesthesiologist. He's just a guy trying to do his freaking job on the phone and I'm being an asshole. And I took a deep breath and I'm like, I am so sorry, dude. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I know this has, no, I paid it. I said, I know this has nothing to do with you, but I just got an updated bill like two days before, yeah. right? It's on my thing where I'm going to send, you know, the money out. And that, and then this happens. Like, it wasn't the fact that, that the guy that I got that message, the fact was months ago when I'm talking to the insurance companies, they're screwing me around. And it all culminated to this point where this poor guy from had a call hear, center, yeah. <laughs> who knows where he is in the world, had to hear my freaking my crybaby bullshit, right? Because I got to pay him 70 bucks. But yeah, so I didn't have, that was not my proudest moment. But I hope I recovered well because I apologized to the guy, but I was pissed, dude. <laughs> I'm yeah. so, I just, I don't know, man. I, 
when it comes to like pharmaceuticals or insurance or anything, I already have my shoulders yeah. up. You know what I mean? Yeah, I already have my guard up. Yeah, yeah. So this this poor guy. I it, if if you're one of my twelve listeners, buddy, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> all day, yeah. But yeah, it was not my prize. But moment. those are the moments where you're right. It, you you do test yourself. Like the fact that you even realized, mm. like all that in your head, I was like, I, you know, this is all culmination of what I, you know, went through two months, three months ago. Even then, just that realization, I think that's what we strive for, yeah. right? Because who isn't going to be pissed off? I'd be more worried if you weren't pissed off, like, like that, <laughs> like your student that was just smiling. Yeah, like that to me is scary. When you were saying that kid, when he was like, oh yeah, when I used to watch him grapple, he would have this smile, right? Yeah. And then when you actually saw him using it, he was like, this is the moment. <laughs> I think we, we all I've been waiting my whole life for this. Yes, and so yeah. it, that's a little bit more scary, right? So I think that's a, a pretty natural reaction. So I think it's just understanding that too because people and recognizing it and stopping yeah. it in, yeah. in the middle of it because yeah. like most people will like it's not about you know it's about how you allow that real like how you allow it to to carry you forward in the day because some people will let that get them mad and then they're going to go about the rest of their day mad it's kind of like yeah. to your yeah. point it's like you let that affect you and now the rest of your day you're giving negative energy to other people. Yeah. You're, you're giving, you know, you may go in to teach class and now, you know, the kids feel that, Yeah, you know, you may go in to do, but if you recognize it and you can stop it and you can turn it around and you're like, Hey, look, I'm sorry. You know, I, I acted out of character. Yeah. And then you're able to go on to the rest of the day and you're able to still put out that, like get it out that yeah. positive energy and like, yeah. You know, sometimes you have to express it in a way. I mean, maybe he was unfortunate to be the brunt of that God, expression, but guy. but I'm sure he's dealt with worse. I'm sure and yeah. most people don't stop don't and apologize yeah. in yeah. the middle yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. So I stopped mid sentence too. I was like, okay, uh, he has nothing to do with this. He has nothing to do with this. So, that yeah. guy's like, whoa, you probably made that guy's day, honestly, because he's so. probably so used to just being berated yeah. by everybody who's mad about it. You know, I've been there before myself, like getting mad at a collections and like, or whatever. And just, you know, not recognizing that the person on the other end has nothing to do. Nothing. With it. They, yeah. don't, they don't have anything to do. They with just it. got a piece of paper with your name on it yeah, or a computer like, screen. I, thing, I have you know? to call this person. <laughs> like, can you imagine it? Do you think he goes, okay, here right. we go. Click. Yeah. Hopefully they don't answer. Um, yeah. Hopefully they just get online and pay this. Yeah. yeah. Was that that, uh, old, um, uh, Saturday Night Live skit where Michael Jordan, uh, there was a guy that, uh, uh, a motivator, and he had Michael Jordan looking into a mirror, and he's like, um, Stuart Smalley. Yeah, Stuart Smalley. Stuart yeah, Smalley. I'm great. He's the best. I'm amazing, and people, and gosh <laughs> darn it, people, people like love that. love me or like me, whatever. So it's that yeah. that, that self uh, affirmation. So yeah. Look, there's a really really good book on that. that What's I that? From. It's called What to Say When You Talk to Yourself. Oh. That book. Yeah. That is a You're phenomenal right book on that. Because um, people will def will definitely. I can loan it to you. Thank guys. you. Yeah, uh, one of my buddies has it right now, but he's he's due to give it back soon. So, and okay. I don't know if you guys do this or not, but I am horrible to myself. I'm mm. horrible to my like. I say the, I was for a long time. I was like, if I say those things to somebody else, I I'd get punched in the face, mm. right? Like it, like the things I think about myself, like the way I I look at myself sometimes, and like the the, the lowest moments, you're like, oh, I I shouldn't have eaten that, and I ate that because I'm fat. I'm fat because mm. I'm weak. I'm, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. You know, like this is not the guy that could go to war anymore. Like imagine if my family, if someone broke in here, I couldn't. Pr like those things, yeah. they just keep getting worse. Your program, and, worse. and to D's point on D when D was on, shout out D. Uh, 
you program it, your self-conscious brain with those kinds of things. It's all in that book too. And what to say when you talk to yourself, like the more often you say, like you have to start recognizing that catching it and changing it because when you tell yourself and we've been told our whole lives, like unconscious to ourselves, like you get told no thousands of times yeah. to like a, a thousand to one ratio as a child. And you're told no so often that, you know, you get programmed into that. You get programmed into these like negative thought patterns and negative things like, no, I can't accomplish that. Like yeah. people tell you, you can't be a pro player. It's the people who don't, they program their subconscious like, no, I can do that. Yeah. Like, right. I, I will do that. It's you tell it because your subconscious brain doesn't know the difference between an emotional thing, a fake thing that isn't real or a thing that is real. All it knows is that you're saying to it, I will do this. Yeah. Yeah. And if you continue to program your subconscious brain saying, I will do this, then your subconscious brain will start to shift over and start to start to kind of frame your life around the, the idea that you will do that. Yeah. And then you'll start to act that out. Like your conscious mind will start to act that out because your subconscious tells the conscious mind what's going to happen. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and that's actually something that I was dealing with right before this, which is why a combination of things I've talked to you before, right? My daughter's about to have a, a quinceanera in the, in the Latin uh, culture. You know, that's like a wedding mm -hmm. essentially, right? She's yeah. becoming a woman. So there's the stress of that uh, saving, uh, uh, bringing that to light, uh, putting that together, work, family, health, all this stuff. And then coming out of like, you know, COVID and all that. And then the wars, you're like, everything's so stressful. They're like the economy so bad. And I said, stop. Like I just, Join and do something. I saw your ad on 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 Facebook, by the way, for uh, Aries uh, Mesa. Aries East Mesa. <laughs> East Mesa. Aries East Mesa. Uh, oh, that's right. Because is there an, is there an Aries Mesa also? No. No. Okay. So the East I Mesa. I just want to make sure everybody knows, knows, knows exactly. Go east. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, I was like, I, I just let me just do this, and I and I'll, I'll tend to do that sometimes. Just throw myself at something without even thinking about it, because once I start thinking about it, is all those negative thoughts like no. The, the money, the, 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 how hard it's going to be, the, the schedule around your work. And even though I've, I've got a good opportunity right now to make things happen, you know, with my job, I, I still will make up stuff in my own head of why I shouldn't do it. And I said, just don't think about it. Just do it. And I did. And, you know, I, I I'm not going back. I'm, I'm convincing myself not to go back. But now those demons, they used to tell me, don't go in because your workouts, you, you can't even, you're not even going to, you're going to look silly. Right. Uh, because you're going to look fat and you're going to look ugly and you're going to be sweating and you're going to be like your your shit's going to be all. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, I go yeah. all the way of how yeah. I look to how yeah. I feel. Um, and now so I've conquered those and I, I do that often. I go back and forth just like basic training. right? Sure. You mm -hmm. have to conquer that to yeah. get through that. Yeah. Now what happens is your demons are shifting, mm. at least mine. Right. And I feel that this happens in people. So now my demons are like, okay, so this fat ass knows that he can make it through the workout. <laughs> so that's not that, that shaming him. Shaming him is not going to work. Anymore. Yeah. So now the thing I have to get over this, and I know I'm, I'm kind of giving you ammo when you see me to hustle more mm. because when at first I went in and I said, I'm going to take it light. That's how I'm going to make it. I'm going to make, I'm going to take it light and I'm going to use all my military skills to, you know, cut these corners here and there and do that because that's the only way that I'm going to make it through here without making an absolute fool of myself. Once I got through that and I started actually doing good and I was like, actually, I can actually do those skips all the way around without stopping. I can do all the, I can do crawl, uh, crab, uh, crawls or whatever, crab walks, uh, without slowing down without, I, now I'm a little bit more flexible and they're like, okay. So then the demons start going, yeah, yeah. 
okay, that, okay, that's good, that's good. So we're obviously not going to go backwards. This guy's obviously made up his mind. So now they're like injuries. Mm. If you do that, you're going to get injured. So do, yeah. so slow down. So now my thing is my my hustle. Now it's trying to slow me down. From now he, it knows that I got through those six weeks. Now it's telling me other stuff, and you got to be conscious of it because you get so used to it calling you these things that once that stops, you're like, okay, they're gone. But no, they're not gone. My mm. demons just have developed something another form now. It's they're always there to slow me down from achieving like the top my top goals. And now now they're telling me, well you're good, but you're still not that good. Yeah. You know? So watch out. And so I have to be careful of that. So when you see me slow down sometimes, that's them going, yeah, just, just don't try as hard. Yeah. You got it already. You already made Like they're, they're convincing me that I've already made it and I don't need to try harder. That's mm. my, those are my demons now. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta put it back. You gotta be like, I, I, I go fat. I go hard. I put my all into this. Yeah. I do this. Yeah. This is, yeah. this is what I do because the, that's just that's the subconscious programming again. It's like yeah. as much as we as much as the military is like good about breaking you down and building you back up kind of thing, like it is a lot of negative programming that yeah. goes in. Yeah. That isn't necessarily good. Yeah. You know. Not for a normal like, life. It's no, good for no. like it's almost like in a war in a warrior life. To yeah. be to be like very um, you know, follow that protocol kind yeah. of thing. But but to be your best version of yourself is like you need to tell yourself positives it's, yeah. it's affirmations at the yeah. end of the day it's being positive affirming yourself showing yourself that you can do it you you do do it it's not that you can it's it's i do this yeah there, I, there's I there's two this. things that come to mind <clears throat> whenever whenever those thoughts hit me and this is something like a tool that um a sports psychologist gave us once we um i used to, when i used to do triathlon i did you know a lot of bike racing stuff like that years ago and um the the bike club so to speak, that I was with, they brought the sports psychologist in for this before this race that we did. And he said, <clears throat> give your demons a name, but don't give them a voice. And what he meant by that was you can't tell your own brain to go F itself. But if you give it a name, if you give those thoughts, that voice a name, you call it like a literal name, like Carlos. Yeah. Because I'm shitting on Carlos right now. Mm -hmm. But uh, but Carlos, you can tell Carlos go F himself. Was he right? the guy from the phone call? No, 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 no. Carlos is uh, Carlos is my uh, six p.m. instructor. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but um, but no, you can tell Carlos to go f himself, right? And it, and and you're fighting back just mentally, right? Um, but you don't want to give him a voice, which means like you don't want to say the things that that voice is telling you out loud, because then it has real power. I mean, we're talking like seven x power. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. it has it has such a profound effect that people. Like like you were saying, Steve, your brain doesn't know the difference. When you tell yourself, I'm fat, I'm this, I'm that, you are. You believe it. Yeah. And your brain believes it, which means the next cheeseburger is like, yeah, this is just what we do. You know? Mm -hmm. and instead of, hey, Harder man. To fight it. Yeah, yeah. Instead of, hey, this isn't who I am. Like that cheeseburger isn't who I am. Like uh, in, in front, when you, when the first time you order like a salad, you know, in front of your family, like you're on vacation and they're like, Fuck. I'm like, yeah, this is kind of, this is how I this eat. This is the new lifestyle. This is yeah. how I eat. That's tough. No, like, it's not no, a new lifestyle. Don't. This is how I eat. Well, this, yeah. See, and this is, yeah. <clears throat> right? Yeah. It, that, 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 that for me has always been tough because then what happens, I'm telling you, I got some, some crazy demons in there, but they'll just start telling me, you're like, oh, so now you're better than everybody? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so now you think. Fucking you, right I am. So you're not taking, <laughs> oh, so you're going to eat healthy. Yeah. But your family's not eating. Oh, so, yeah. and, and it just starts telling. And then I'm like, you start looking in the mirror i'm like oh I, i'm looking good i'm you know and and i was like 
You're not, dude. Look at you. Come on. And then all of a sudden it just goes from you felt really good to you're like, man, I'm yeah. not there yet. But, you know, the the struggle for me is that it's I don't listen to those anymore. Mm. But when I say I don't li- I don't do what they say, but I still hear them. Sure. So that's, do. that's the tough part, right? It's we you still do. hear them yeah. and getting through it. Like you're like, yeah, it's not that I got rid of my demons and that's how I was able to get through this. I actually still carry them and that's what made my journey even harder, but uh, even sweeter at the end because mm-hmm. they're still there. And I, I hope that they're there at the end so I can just laugh at them. Yeah. You know, but that's, that's, I think that that's the struggle. I don't think we talk about that enough. Right. Right. Yeah. As even just, just men. Cause I think men, uh, women have a struggle too, but we're men. We're not women. We don't understand Although some people would argue that I don't want to get into that. But as men, if you understand what you are and who you are, like that's the only way you're going to be able to fight those demons. Yeah. Uh, And I really do think like a lot of stuff that you do kind of like the, the, what do you call it? The, uh, not CrossFit, but your, the unconventional, unconventional. That's very much going back to like, like, like not caveman stuff, but like yeah, Viking primitive. stuff. It's very primitive. Yeah, yeah. And there's something I mean, that feels mostly just picking things yeah. up. Yeah, I love yeah. that. I, I freaking love that. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. And I think it's the best jujitsu <coughs> translation. Just show because yeah. you get grip uh, workouts, right? You're working out arms and legs. Yeah, it's it's like there's something to all of that. And if you don't understand it, first of all, then you're not going to be able to get the the help you need or or help your yourself. Yeah. Right. And I think it's important to understand those things. Yeah, I think I think for for um. It's just the experience that I've had around the uh, women in jujitsu is um, like I never I've never heard my wife talk to her friends the way she talks to her jujitsu friends and just the empowerment, because when you suffer with somebody right and you bleed with somebody, they become something different in your life. You're not blood relatives, but your relatives, Yeah, you know, like if you do like a, a, a six week camp with somebody to train for a jujitsu tournament. And that person is there to coach you at that tournament and, and win or lose, that's your brother or that's your sister. You know what I mean? And when, when I hear Amy talk to her jujitsu friends, the way they talk to each other, it's all empowering, you know, and the demons come out and they talk to each other. They talk themselves through it. And I think a lot of men are starting to do that also in jujitsu, but it's not as, it's, it's not as intimate as it is with the women, because when you talk about, you know, 0.1% or whatever the hell the number is of black belts that there are in jujitsu, there's even fewer women. Oh, right. Way fewer yeah, women. And if you have a woman belts. black belt, that's a, you know, that's an anomaly, even, right? Yeah. yeah. And, um, and so I, I think, I think, I think they share that. How should I put this? They share that way deeper than men could ever do it because right. you're going to see a thousand men come and go. You might see one or two one women. Human, yeah. Right. Um, but I think, I think the farther you get into jujitsu where the numbers get smaller because you know, how many people that you started training with are still purple belts or, or purple belts now mm. handful, maybe that's tough. tough. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a good amount of them that have, that have stuck with it. Yeah. I mean, I guess the people that I've stuck with the most yeah. have been the ones who, you know, yeah. have, but I, I've seen a lot of come and go you a, know, a, lot. a lot of people. Yeah. Well, but I was going to say, you don't off. remember, you don't yeah, remember you, the ones you that stop, you yeah. stop, right. Yeah. You kind of, some some people you know are gonna stop. Some people you're like, whoa, dude, you, you quit. Yeah, are you crazy? Yeah, yeah. What are you doing? yeah. Like you were so good. Yeah, but uh, no, for sure, you definitely see a lot of people like fall out of the contention. I guess yeah. or, or like it's it's that grind, you know. It's there's a it's especially with jujitsu with really with 
a lot of things in life is like people are so addicted to that Instagram result mm-hmm. that like I can <laughs> post this on Instagram. Yeah. But like people don't understand white belt. People will stick it out during white belt. Sure. But yeah. the reason why blue belt is such a, like a statistic is because blue belt, you go through a lot of ups and downs because early on in your blue belt time, you're getting beat by white belts yeah. and you're like, I'm a blue belt. Yeah. This isn't supposed to happen. Yeah. And that'll happen again later on in your blue belt. And you're like, yeah. there's white belts still beating me. Like I'm supposed to be, I have a stripe now. I have a couple <laughs> stripes now. Like what yeah. is going on? And that, that for people, that's that exponential curve. Mm. That's, that's down here in this flat spot. Yeah. You know, they're, they're in that valley. Yeah. And, and most it, people quit there because yeah. they can't post that on Instagram. They right. can't go tell their friends and like go hype up the thing that, that they're like, um, you know, I'm this, you know, badass blue belt. Like I, yeah. you know, when all the, like, no, like most people aren't winning all these tournaments, you know, right. most people aren't doing all these things. You know, a lot of people quit. A lot of people quit because they don't, they don't want to, they don't want to keep pushing through yeah. that exponent, the time that it takes. There's a good analogy on it. I think it's in the book, The Slide Edge. And it's uh, the water hyacinth, I think is what it's called. But it's basically like a small flower that starts off on a lake and it's an exponential grower. So it's how, start- how so? What do you mean exponential grower? So it basically it starts off as one in the next, let's just say day by day. Yeah. The next day it doubles to two. And then the next day it doubles to four. Is that that well, those that take over the the yes, lakes? Okay. Yes. Gotcha. Within within ten days, you have a a patch, maybe yay big. It's not very big. You don't you don't know you don't see anything. Ten days. Yeah. You know, that's a lot. I mean, for people, that's a long time. And we're we're sh- extrapolating this out to a jujitsu career, right? Yeah. Ten days. Yeah. Of that exponential growth, you don't see a lot. Yeah. But once you get to day twenty you're doubling hundreds of thousands. You know, day 30 is 10 million. Wow. Day 30 is 10 million. And that's how exponential growth works. That's that penny you give you, like, would you rather have a penny doubled every day or have a, a million right, dollars? Right. Yeah, Most yeah. people take the million dollars. Well, a penny <clears throat> doubled every day for 30 days is $10 million. Yeah. So. I was just thinking of that in my head. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking about the same thing. Yeah. And, and that's the water high synth. And that's, that's most, that's most things worth doing in life. Yeah. Most things worth doing in life, you don't see those results in those in that first ten days of your thirty day journey. Yeah, and this is you know obviously extrapolate that out to ten years, five years, whatever distance of whatever length of time you want for the the achievement of your goal. Mm-hmm. But most people aren't willing to sit through that time where there's nothing. Yeah, where there's nothing, where they're 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 just getting hit, they're getting punched, they're 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 taking yeah. the taking the hits, they're not seeing the results. Nothing to post on Instagram. You know, most people, most people want microwave results, but they don't realize everything tastes better in the oven. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's, that's a really good point. And, you know, and I'm guilty of that to a point, you know what I mean? Um, but one thing that I focused on when, when I, when I was first starting jujitsu, cause I was really out of shape. And when I, I didn't focus on like, aesthetics i focused on performance mm-hmm. and what i mean by performance it's not like i was going and kicking anybody's ass can i show up can i show up and perform and perform to me like in the beginning was like can i just stay on the mat the whole time yeah can i just just stay on the mat not go sit down 
Not like, you know, sit on the bench and drink my water and watch what everybody's doing. No, can I stay on the mat with the rest of the team? And then it became like, can I finish every round? Right. And then it became, can I, you know, can I, you know, catch the next person? I mean, this is, you know, months and months and months of training and, you know, going into my first year, can I start now just implementing the stuff that I'm learning and maybe catch a submission here or there? You know, and, and you, those little baby steps really helped me. By year two, I was pretty confident and I didn't, again, I didn't focus on aesthetics, but then I look in the mirror and I'm like, holy crap, I'm a whole different person, whole different person. You know, um, I think, I don't know if it took me a year or two years, but I was 60 pounds down in just a couple of years, but I didn't focus on it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, and imagine if I would have, if I would have said, okay, I want to perform and I want to get in better shape right. and, and, and I might've been overwhelmed and quit. Yeah. That, that happens too. Yeah. Yeah. I might've been, too, you know, I just wanted to, I just wanted to stay on the mat with the other guys. That's all I wanted to do. And, well, and it, that worked. It's going back to that simplifying, mm-hmm. simplifying. So like <laughs> even my stuff, uh, what I've been trying to do with like workouts, they're very simple, mm-hmm. 20 minutes, 30 minutes, Monday through Wednesday. Um, if I can make it, um, my son has swim class. So me and my wife will do a 20 minute workout uh, upstairs and then 20 minutes in the sauna while he finishes up swim. And that, that by itself, you know, it used to be that I'm like, I didn't really want to work out with her because I want to do man stuff. I want to lift yeah, weights. Yeah, I want to yeah. hear the clang, clang. And, the, <laughs> and, and, and these are, you know, light, but man, that in self made a difference at this here. And it it's in conjunction with my family life. Mm-hmm. So that's where it gets harder. I had to realize I'm like those military days are like, we're going to get with your, your buddies on, in my situation. And you're going to get together and, and do all this cool stuff and, and, and wait, lift weights and, and pat each other in the back and all that. Those days are, are probably gone. You can still do them every once in a while, but it can't be a routine anymore. So you have to adapt to that new life. So I yeah. added that, the cold plunges, and then a few little light workouts on my own. And then the at least three times a week, the jujitsu. Yeah. And good. that in itself has blended well with my, my lifestyle. And I'm in a good spot. Yeah. Know? But it took a long time for me to figure that out. Yeah. You know, I wanted the, the, and even with our jujitsu classes, this is nice and it flows and yeah, it's not easy, you know, especially for me, uh, uh, when we're working out and getting through those things, but you know, I feel good at the end, but even then, you know, I'm like looking forward to the days I'm like, I want to go and I know, I know I'm not ready yet. You know, I don't want to get injured either, but again, those are the, the demons talking, but in, in reality, I don't want to just go do, um, what do you call it? Open. Uh, I do want to do open mats, but I want to get back into it. Well, like when I was young in the military, we were like just going at it. Yeah. Right. Part of me just wants to do that. And I'm like, no, you gotta slow down. Yeah. You gotta slow down. But there is an urge there, you know? And I know that the, the closer I get to being able to do that, the, the urge, that fire, it just ignites. And yeah. I think I'll know when I'm ready for that, because I'm like, I'm like that competition for masters. Is it open to white belts too? Yeah. But you have to be approved, right? Yeah. So obviously, like, I was like, oh, maybe I should ask. I don't, I, I really want to get into, I want to test myself as a white belt, mm-hmm. see where I'm at. But it's like a few days before the, my daughter's big event. And I was like, oh, the last no, thing No, it's not I the want. right time. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not, not the, the right time. time. <laughs> and that's where, where, where I got to go look at my demons. I'm like, I'm not doing it. Not because of you. <laughs> it's not you. You were, yeah. you're actually right on this. You got to pay attention to your body as well. Yeah. You know, but I'm, I'm like, I want to get, get in, I want to get in better shape so that I can get in there and start, you know, yeah. actually working, you know, and, and feeling like the effects of this. So I want to do the open grappling and all that stuff, but I'm like, just slow down. So yeah. I know it's working. You yeah. Know, I know it's working. That's good. That's good. I, yeah. And, and there's something to be said about that. Like three days a week, one class, three days a week. That's healthy. Yeah. You know, that's healthy. Um, I was not healthy 
I was every day. Uh, you know, every day, every day, at least twice a day. Um, and then, you know, every time I told myself I'm, I'm going to take a day off there was an open mat and I was like, ah, screw it. I'm just going to go. But you know, but we trained, we trained a lot. It was just different. It was just different, um, for me, you know, yeah. but my recommendation for most people is three days a week, three days a week's good. Um, two is not as good. Uh, but it's doable. If you're doing one day a week, eh, probably not. Yeah. The best, you know, um, think of it as learning a language, right? When you immerse yourself in a culture, you'll learn the language oh, yeah. because or else you don't eat. Right. But if you, if you dabble, you'll still learn some stuff, you know, you'll learn how to get to the library or yeah. whatever they teach, yeah, yeah. you know, in Spanish class. Uh, but other than that, you know, you're, you're going to be behind, you're going to be behind those that immerse themselves and you gotta, you gotta be willing to accept that. And for me, that was unacceptable. So that's just kind of how I did it. And I, I got injured. Um, want to talk about demons when, um, when um, my my business partners and I split, and I was handling the entire business, I I immediately went into conservative mode with my body. I'm like, well, I can't get hurt, right? Or I'm screwed because I was teaching a lot of classes a day, a lot. And um, is this at your location? Yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. This is just like maybe four months ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. And um, and I'm like, I I can't, I can't, I can't get hurt, you know. So then I was like, oh well, I can't, I can't train. That means I can't compete. That means I can't, I can't, I can't. And then finally, I just told myself, I just refuse to live in fear, man. Yeah. You know, I, we're in a combat sport. You're exposed to injury every day. It's just the way it is, you know. But you can do stuff to mitigate that stuff. I can show up and get my lifting in, right? Strengthen my body, right? Get my stretching in. Strengthen my, you know, ex, ex, expand my, or what? Uh, stretch my, my muscles. Um, I can sauna, I can hot tub, I can do all of the things that take care of my body so that the risk is minim is, right. is, is, is less. Um, but there's some people that, that don't and they just train, 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 and they never recover. And that's a freight train ready to hit a truck, man. It's not going to be good. You can probably speak to that. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it's, you see a huge difference in people when they start like just working out. Mm -hmm. just like people people will be training you know six seven days a week and i'm like but you really should do some kind of weight training too. yeah because one i mean they talk about it I, it might have been the peter atia episode with huberman he talks about uh bone mineral density being yep. one of the most important things for yep. for for the human body and for like the one of the one of the biggest predictors of just all cause mortality later on in life and he says the one of the key ways to improve your bone mineral density is to lift heavy weights. Mm. And there's no getting around it. Yeah. There's not another way. That's the way. Lifting, yeah. yeah. It's lifting weights. Yeah. It's strength training. They they have like they've they had studies of of uh elderly women starting to lift weights and improving their bone mineral density. Wow. And that that in itself because there, there's a, there's a, there was a crazy statistic and I don't want to misquote it, but he's like, it was something along the lines of once a, an elderly person breaks like their hip or like a major yeah. thing, they die within four years. Yeah. Yeah. It's like insane. I was about to say that. And when some, when, when like your grandparents, if you, if that happens, you're like, oh man, because everybody knows that, mm -hmm. that like death follows a big, and a lot of times yeah. it's the hip. Yeah. And it, and it comes from, it comes from that lagging of bone mineral density because like that, if you don't have density in your bones, I mean, yeah. that they're fragile, they're, they're yeah. fragile. They're more likely to break. And we're in a combat sport. 
You know, so we're in a combat sport that is all about joint locks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hip thrusting yeah. and all kinds. It's yeah. all about joint locks and joint manipulations. Yeah. So it's like, I don't understand when people don't lift. Like, right. I'm like, you know, I've had insane results with it. I've, you know, trained people who have had very good results with it. I, I, I see the benefits and I'm like, you guys just, just take a couple of days and just lift. You know, maybe dial back your your training a little bit, but but lift a little bit of weight. Yeah, get under some things. You don't have to do what I do, but do something. Yeah, to to help your your yourself, help yeah. your bones, help your 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 own recovery. Because like without some sort of outside of jujitsu training, I don't think that the longevity will last as long. Like you can just train jujitsu, but you're you're going to it's going to affect the way you train jujitsu. Yeah, yeah. And you'll be able to train better, stronger, faster, more often if you train in other things outside. Like I run outside of jujitsu. I do, you know, unconventional weight training, which is like maces, kettlebells, clubs, sandbags. Um, and then, you know, every once in a while I'll lift a weight, you know, in, yeah. a, in a big gym. But yeah. Um, those things for me have been such a big benefit to my jujitsu themselves because they've helped me with my overall strength. And like, I have people who can attest to it. Like Ken Cosby, he's, he comes to, he's been coming to my kettlebell classes since I started them. And he's people, he tells me all the time. People tell him like, Ken, dude, you're, you're so strong. Yeah. Like when you roll, yeah, his, Strength levels off the. I mean, he's he's strong. He's gotten yeah. much bigger. Yeah, Jarrell, Lexi. Oh yeah, both of them. Great benefit from training more. Just just lifting more often, and it's 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 awesome. Yeah, I do about three days a week in lifting. About even even number lifting rolling. Uh, maybe about four days four days a week in rolling. Um, kind of there's two a days that happen. You know, mm-hmm. lifting rolling the same day, but um. I try to take Saturday completely off. Mm-hmm. Like I, I try to, I try to do nothing on Saturday and that's really difficult. That's so difficult because there's always something going on. Like there's an open mat or there's a, you know, promotion or stuff like that. But you know, for the most part, Saturday's my day. And then Sunday we do comp training and I lift, um, <clears throat> Monday, Monday's my lighter day because I don't lift, but I, and, and if I roll, if I choose to roll, it'll be like two rounds, three rounds, something like that. But I'm also 51 years old. You know what I mean? So I got to think a little bit. I got to think about 60, right? I got to think about 70. I can't, I can't, um, I can't go as hard as I used to, you know, and people, it's so funny. People shit on me on, in the comments and be like, I roll every day and I'm 41. I'm like, bitch, I wish I was 41. <laughs> I rolled three times a day at 41. I can, I did, I did 12 competitions when I did four, when I was 41. So, um, now so, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. How, how do you, tra- as a black belt, um, how do you train? You train with other black belts because I'm I'm while I've been doing jujitsu or the basics for a long time on and off, uh, I'm still a white belt because I've actually this is the first time official class. I did one that you know six years ago, but mm. officially this is probably the longest I've lasted on an actual gym. Okay, like school. Yeah. Um, and how do you do you roll with other black? Is there like a secret society where you guys meet up? <laughs> there <laughs> you know, is. Like there is. <laughs> and we we like candles and. Because who else, who do you learn from? We sacrifice chickens. No, um, I learned from everybody, dude. I learned from everybody. Steve's taught me a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, You know, I still do private lessons. 
I still do seminars. Like you take private lessons? Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah, I take private lessons yeah. and I pay full price. There's nobody giving me yeah. a break on private lessons. Yeah. But if I see a black belt that does something really well, I'm like, yeah. I want to learn that. Yeah. Because I understand the move, but maybe I don't understand the system or the principle of the move, right? right. Because if you understand a system, concept, principle of a move, then you've just learned a hundred moves. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Because everything applies to the same type of stuff, right? Um, but but I, I like rolling with everybody because I learn from everybody. So when I roll with a white belt, I learn what's going to happen in a street fight. Yeah. Guy doesn't know what he's doing. They're a little bit wilder. Yeah, they're a little bit wilder, right? Yeah. They're not punching me, right? right? But they're moving as if, right? right. They're moving as if they want to win. They want to win so bad. They want to pass my guard so bad. So I, I do very – rolling with a, with a white belt gets you back to basics, because I can't set up a lasso, spider guard, blah, 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 all this other crap. Right. Because I'm just yanking the grips and they're breaking my fingers, you know what I mean, yeah, if I yeah. try to. But if I do that to Steve, Steve not only wants to pass my guard, but he wants to do it in such a way that there's nothing I can do about it. Right. So that means he's going to control my entire body. So then we play, now we're playing a chess match. When it comes to Steve, if I'm playing a lasso, he, he knows how to defeat the lasso. But I know what he needs to do to defeat the lasso. So now it's like counter encounters, right. right? But he wants to control my body from a scramble so that when he does defeat a, a leg or, or, or a grip, now he can control that portion of my body and it's, it's, it's null. It's, it's, it, it means nothing anymore. So right. now he only has to worry about the other side. So he and I are playing a chess match on the way to his guard pass, which he gets pretty often. <laughs> but um, when I roll with a white belt, I'm going to pull him into my guard. I'm either going to scissor sweep or pendulum sweep him. I'm going to hold him and mount, and I'm going to go for a very, very basic submission where we're both going to be safe. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, for sure. That's how you kind of bridge between the two. When I roll with a black belt, when I roll with a black belt that's like way better than I am, which is really often, um, I'm playing my A game. We're playing right. A game. Right. Right. Um, when I roll with a white belt, I'm certainly not going to play tournament style with a white belt, but, but I can practice. Yeah, right. With, yeah. And because the thing is, like, when you look at, uh, you know, uh, even, you know, blue, purple belts higher. It's so slow and methodical mm -hmm. and the things happen, but they're so tight mm -hmm. and it's so like precise mm -hmm. that it looks like they, it doesn't, not that they don't know what they're doing. It just doesn't look, it, it looks weird to someone who's not trained. Yeah. And all of a sudden you see, like you said, a white belt, they're going crazy. You're like, yeah, that's what a, that's what a fight would probably look yeah. like. Right. But the reality is that it, it, they're tired it, in two minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and the things you guys are doing, yeah. like there, there's so much stuff going on that you were not watching, right? The yeah. hand positioning, mm -hmm. the moving, and mm -hmm. and so I try to keep those things in in mind. Is like when you're practicing, like yeah, hold higher in the collar. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're right. Okay, so mm -hmm. always try to go no matter what you do. Try to do those those little things, right? Because you practice the same thing over and over wrong, and then you're trying it in in, in uh, when you you're free rolling. You're doing it. You're like, why isn't it working? You're like, because you're literally just two inches lower yeah. than when you should be. If you're up yeah. here, this happens instantly. And you guys almost seem like you go right for that spot. So when things happen fast, it's because, you've, like you said, you already it's were those, those two steps hours, ahead. It's per practice doesn't make perfection. Perfect practice makes yeah. perfection. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you have to, it's dialing in, the, like you said, dialing in those things. Like even that little tweak of like, okay, I need you to grab two inches higher. Yeah. Yeah. I need you to roll that collar up into your hand right. rather than Not just, just grab, grab it. it. Yeah. yeah. And there's to... times where you don't even need that. Like if you make a big mistake, which white belts make all the time, right? And there's blue belt mistakes and then purple belt mistakes are getting smaller and smaller and smaller. But a white belt mistake is like you're in my guard and you come way off your base. I 
barely need to isolate right. anything or get a grip to sweep you. You're already yeah, swept. You're already you just done. don't know yeah. it, right? So that's why that happens kind of quick. But if we're working together, my the chances of me sweeping him with a scissor sweep from close guard, eh, right? Yeah. But if he thinks I'm going to and I do something different, now that's where the chess match is, right? So now that's two steps ahead. But he's but he's thinking, all right, he's going to try this bullshit sweep, then he's going to try that, then I'm going to go to this. Now he's three, right? So that means I got to be four. Yeah. And that's where the chess match comes in, right? So that's that's the beauty of it. You can practice, you can you can learn from everybody. But the the reality is there's some people at such a level with such an understanding. Like I love the conversation I had with Samir Chantre. We talked 20 he talked 20 minutes about transitioning from neon belly to mount. What you need to control, what you need to isolate, what needs to happen in order for that to work 10 times out yeah. of 10. Not, not 5 out of 10. Right. To happen 10 times out of 10. And it may not happen 10 times out of 10, but you can dissect what went wrong because you understand that principle. And I'm sitting there with that conversation like, yeah, we just spent 20 minutes talking about neon belly to mount. And it's fucking awesome, right? This is like multiple time world champion talking about something so fundamental, but that he cares about so deeply that he took the time to explain it to another black belt. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that, just sitting here listening to this. It makes me wonder if a reality show where you take a bunch of white belts and then you take like a bunch of black belts and you throw them out there and just make the black belts go like, go hard, <laughs> just go hard on those white, like take like 20 white belts and only like five black belts or something yeah. and see how long it's like that would be a fun show. Yeah, that would be a fun show to well, watch. Well, <laughs> you know, there's a guy I don't know. I don't know if you're mil- you're familiar with Tim Kennedy. He's pretty famous yeah, in yeah, the yeah. jiu-jitsu world and shooting world and, you know, army guy. Um, but he I think I think it was him. He did something where like oh, they were he like disguise himself. No, well, not, I'm t- oh. that's different. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Everybody knew who or he someone was. Else, like, yeah. Yeah. It's hard to disguise a gorilla. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially Tim Kennedy. Yeah, like, but but he did something with like police where he's like, there's like set five or seven oh. cops and he's like, I bet you can't handcuff me. Yeah. And they didn't. Yeah. They couldn't. You know, number one, he's a world-class athlete. Right. That changes a lot of things. Yes. And he's a UFC fighter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the one thing that I tell people that we can all have in common is everybody can get in the best shape of their lives. Of their lives. Their, like lives. their lives. The it's an individual thing. That's the key. Right. A lot of people think it's like, I. it's a comparison game. Right. I'm never going to be Tim Kennedy. Stop being a right. comparison game. <laughs> right. get, yeah. get in your best shape. Don't worry about the guy next door. Yeah. Don't worry about the guy you've... It's a, get, we've got back to the Instagram thing. Yes. Yes. Like, stop worrying about everybody you follow on Instagram. Stop worrying about your buddy who started at the same time as you. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Just be the best. That like, go in that for day. you. Get as good as you get as much out of the class as you can get that day. Learn as much as you can. Improve, get better, work your body out, become the best version of yourself for your family, for your life. So that way, when something does happen, you're able to control Execute. a situation. Yeah. You're able to make something happen. And forget about fighting. Like you were talking about your mission statement, your philosophy. One mm-hmm. of the things I have, I have five things that I that I live by. But one of them is get in the best shape possible so I can execute life at the highest level possible. And just that, execute life at the highest level. I was a sales guy for a long time, but I had to get on on roofs. And I was working with like building managers who couldn't climb a ladder with me. Yeah. Yeah. This is your shit, bro. Like I'm here temporarily, you know, this This is is your thing. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'll wait here. What do you mean you'll wait here? I don't know what I'm looking at. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he can't talk up here. Yes. <laughs> but he can't execute life the way I can execute life because he's not taking the time to get himself in decent shape. And I'm not talking about everybody's 
I will tell you this: not everyone is dealt the same hand, right? We're all we're all come from different backgrounds, different you know limitations, but there's still something you can do. There's still something you can do to get yourself in in, yeah. in the best shape of your life for your your situation as it stands right now. And a lot of people neglect that. Um, I can't remember who it was, but they were talking about uh, people talking to them about you know um, if um, if if the world went to shit, I just take all my guns and sit up on my roof. And he was like, "How the hell are you going to get up there?" Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. You can't, right, you can't right. get up on your with guns. Have you ever carried one? Like you know what I mean? It's awkward. It's heavy. And and ammo. Forget about it. But. That's that's the reality of it. We think about things in terms of like if I had to defend myself, I could. No, you can't. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I've been doing this stuff for you know going on eleven years, and I don't know if I can. You know, <laughs> you know, it's it's going to be anything can happen in a fight. And then just the physical part of it, but being in shape helps your mental game too. Mm-hmm. So it makes you understand things better, see things better, right? Uh, react better. So it all it all comes, you know, it's all one thing. Yeah. It's all it's all one thing, right? Yeah. And when we talk about having a bad day and then, you know, if you had a bad day and then you came in to instruct and we felt it and, and we go and we take it, which is why we I, I do really believe we have this weird connection right? yeah. with ourselves, with the earth, with with everything. We do take those things, even if you didn't say anything. Just we uh, well, you haven't had one. You haven't had one. I mean, yeah. Not now. I mean, not with us. I'm saying not with us, obviously. Um, but you could feel it. You can feel it, right? If one yeah. of us here was a little bit off, you know, if I was just kind of sitting back here, quiet, you know, far away from the mic, and just cross up my arms, that simple act, you guys would be like, "What's going on with yeah. this guy?" Right? Just yeah. that alone. So I do believe, like, that you can and and you can pass that on to your family and to your kids and all that. So it is a a, a state of mind, and also they're watching. Yeah, people are watching. Everybody's watching. Kids are watching. Yeah. They're all watching. Yeah. And so sometimes you know when I you know do some of my posts on on social media, it's not just for you know that self gratification. Although it it doesn't hurt because it helps me accountable. Yeah. Which is why I started posting a lot of my videos. Right. Yeah. Uh, my 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 uh, ice bath videos because it held me accountable. And then when I don't do something or I miss a day, whatever, I'm like, man, I'm a joke. Because I've been saying all this and then I'm not doing it. So as long as I'm doing it, you know, there'll come a day where I might move on to something else and, you know, not not necessarily record it and just do it for myself. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of there already. But the point is just keep doing it. Yeah. Just keep doing it. And you do have an effect on other people on what you do. People ask all the time, like, what? That's dumb. That's just you're, what are you trying to prove? I'm like, I'm not trying to prove anything. Get in one. Trust me. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so and it's not for everybody, but do something. Yeah. Do something. Right. Yeah. That's the same same thing with my videos, man. Like I started off, dude. It's been a, a a year and a half or more now that I've been posting, and it's, you know, it's not for me at this point. It is an accountability thing. It's really great, um, but I get a lot of positive feedback from people. Like, hey, man, you you motivated me to like start this up. Yeah, yeah. Or, like yeah. I've I've helped people like get into kettlebells, or like you know I get people who hit me up like, hey. You know, how do I, how should I get into mace swinging? How should I get into sandbags? Like, yeah. And that, that alone makes it worth it. Cause right. you know, somebody is now I've, I did affect somebody. Yeah, absolutely. It comes down to that affecting people. Absolutely. Cause like just, just posting that video, yeah, like social media has a lot of negatives, but like, you know, if you don't let it consume you and you, you can use it in a positive way. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you post these on there. And oh yeah. So it's like, it's, I catch a lot of hate. If people exactly. don't, yeah, but, yeah. But, but there's a lot of good too. There's I catch a lot, a lot of, of hate yeah. too. Yeah, I yeah. catch a lot of hate, a lot of weird stuff. <clears throat> yeah, um, but 
you know. I like fine. the all caps guys that are yelling at you. Mm-hmm. Those are my favorite ones. Thank and they're you. probably, <laughs> and those guys are probably not in shape. I just yeah. like them and put the two hands up emoji. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it, buddy. That's, that's um, what they get. Yeah. But you're coming at it from like, you obviously have um, the body and, and the, that lifestyle. You're showing already what, what can be done, right? And then you're, you're teaching people how to do this, what to do. Um, and I feel like in mine, I'm at the early stages where the way I see it is I'm teaching other normal dads, 40 mm-hmm. year old dads, or even like veterans that got out and kind of lost their way or, or lost that camaraderie, how to get back in it. Right. So mm-hmm. mine's like the early journey when I'm showing yeah. that. And I know it comes off sometimes, but again, that's the demons talking, saying, who are you trying to show off to? Yeah. You're not yeah. in good shape. I'm like, yeah, but I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to teach anybody uh, what the effects are of this because I'm still learning the effects of it. What I'm trying to teach people is I'm trying to teach them just get in it. Yeah. Right? It. Just start it. I'm not yeah. saying I've done this forever and look what it's done for me. Cause I'd be a horrible poster child for the outcome. Right. I'm the beginning. No, that's, <laughs> I think that's I'm great. The, I'm the, I'm the, the first, I'm the first but picture, it's, but it's part, it's part of, there has to be a beginning a before. Yeah. yeah. There yeah. has to be a beginning. The journey of a thousand miles starts with one step. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, and I always show the photo of me in my first tournament. I look like the Sasquatch that ate me. <laughs> That's what I look like. Just heavy. Yeah. You know, I had actually got down to 208 for that tournament. You know, I'd already lost a bunch of weight. Wow. I was like, that first tournament, I was probably probably just over six months in. Not even a year yet. And uh, I don't know why I did it. Bad idea. I got smoked. It's w- unwatchable. It's unwatchable, my, yeah. that tournament. But anyway, but I'll share it with you guys one day if I can find the video. I think Amy has it on her iPad somewhere. That's cool. Yeah. It's so all part of the journey. It's all yeah, part of it, dude. Yeah. I, I love it. I, I, I miss I miss my white belt. I still have it over there. I miss my white belt because, I mean, that signified a very difficult decision that I had to make. Like um, walking in and putting on that belt is very difficult. It's probably the most difficult thing I've done in a long time. I mean, at, the, at that point. No yeah, gonna you're going to be bad at something for a long time. Yeah, and how it, old were you? Were, were you in your late 30s or 40s? 40s? I was 40 yeah. years old. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was 40 years old. It's That's a, why I love John's quote on his, his the thing he was uh, on his old oh, yeah. stuff. The, yeah. the lifelong pursuit of unattainable perfection is a beautiful thing. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. that is jujitsu, but that is really life itself. Like, yeah. you know, we're all in a, in a pursuit of unattainable perfection. Yeah. Nobody's perfect doesn't matter what you see on Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is. Nobody nobody has a perfect life. Nobody's no. doing all the right things. Nobody's, no. you know, everybody everybody's doing thing everybody's doing their best. Yeah. Or everybody should be doing their best. Yeah. And that's what it's about. And that's that's what jujitsu is such a good relation to life because it's about just sticking it out. Yeah. You know, just, you know, showing up. That's really it, doing right? Doing what you can do, yeah. doing what you yeah, got to do. Just show up. That's really it. Yeah, you're not going to come in every day. You know, there was plenty of days I went to jujitsu in my journey so far that I did not want to go. Yeah. That I was like, ah, I could just chill. And I'm like, eh, I'm just going to go. Yeah. I'm just going to go. Yeah. And, you know, you just keep going. You just keep going. Yeah. I'm sure, I mean, even more so when you're a black belt. It's like, I'm a black belt now. Like, you know, yeah, you know, I, I tell this story uh, all the time about what it, what it's like when you when you get your black belt. I felt I felt the feeling three different times. Mm-hmm. The first time was when I walked into the academy and I just kind of checked it out. I'm like, oh, gosh, what the right. 
The second time was when I tied my white belt and stood in line. I'm like, okay, no one's stopping me. I'm going to just hang out here in the back, you know, because we had two lines back then. It was a big class. Yeah. And then the third time was uh, when I when I got that black belt and I stood in the black belt line. I'm like, okay, I'm going to stand over here with you guys uh, because no one's going to stop me, right? <laughs> Nobody's kicking me out, <laughs> Not right? going to take this back, right? But that's it was an it was an odd feeling. It was an odd feeling. And, you know, um, and I'm and I'm from that point, like I'm always chasing that feeling. I want that feeling again. I want to know what it's like to, you know, I think the next I think the next one will be when I'm, you know, eligible and I promote my first black belt, you know, officially. Right. Because we promoted a few, but I had to do it through Paul, mm-hmm. uh, Paul Nava, my, my oh, instructor. Right. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so in, in jujitsu, you have to be a black belt for at least six years before you can promote black belts. Oh, got it. So that for me is uh, September 25. So, oh, okay. yeah, so that'll be my sixth year. And, and then after that, you know, I'll be promoted. I can promote a black Other belt. Black and I think that'll be a significant point. I mean, a significant day. Same as day one standing at the at the back of the line as a white belt. Yeah. Right. So it's pretty cool. But all you got to do is just keep doing it. Yeah. Not, not die. That's not, not die. Not die. Show up. Yeah. And then uh, and then I get to keep do training. it. Yeah. So, yeah, you're, yeah. that's been uh, that's been that, that would be a. Uh, a dream come true. And I always, I'm always looking at the line, like who's going to be my first one? Like who's going to be my like legit first one? You know what I mean? That's, that's kind of cool. And you never know. I mean, you never know who stays, you never know who goes. So it's hard to tell. And then when somebody comes in with like, for example, you had been doing this for a while before that. How do you find out? um, Do you test them like in order for them or they just come in with a, if someone comes in with a blue belt, you trust that they're a blue belt. I I do. So, you know, there, there's, there's some folks that'll be like, you know, um, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to name names, but I've heard people, uh, go into a school and they have like, you know, four stripes on their blue belt and the instructor tells them, Hey, take the stripes off your, start over here. And most people don't have an issue with that. Um, the only thing I have, uh, and I've had people go to a school and they were brown belt and then they got demoted to purple Mm. and then they start as a purple at that school. Um, I'm not one to do that. I, 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 you know, if your instructor tells tells you that you're a blue belt, then you're a blue belt. I don't care where you go. Like right. you come to my school, you go wherever, you know, you may not be at the level of my blue belts, but that's not, that's not the point of it. Right. Like you put a lot of things have to go right in order for you to get a blue belt. So I know you can at least endure and overcome. Right. I'm good with that. Um, now when a, when a local person comes in and they're a colored belt, I probably know who they are. Yeah. You know, yeah. Steve and I have known each other a long time, so it's it's like a no brainer. Yeah. Like he's, you know, he is not a purple belt. I can tell you that, right? Yeah. <laughs> but in a good way, he's not a purple right, belt, right? right. right? Um, you know, and then you know, the only thing that I've seen that's a little bit eh, is I've seen guys leave at white belt and they got like a couple stripes, and then they leave for a few years and they come back and they have four stretch four uh, fresh stripes on their belt, and I'm like wait a minute, <laughs> where did you train? Like, where did you go? And they're yeah. like, oh, yeah, I got hurt, and I, I'm back now. I'm like, I don't know that you had four strikes, yeah, bro. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't forget that shit. So, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that's the only thing. Like, I'm not one to tell another instructor, like, hey, you're wrong about this guy. I'm right. not that guy. Yeah. yeah. No, that's people kind of, like, train up into it, too. You know, I've seen that before, like, yeah. where guys come to a school, and they're, like, not quite at the level of, like what they're let's say they're blue belts right. for instance like they're not quite at the that blue belt level and they may just like take longer to get to purple belt yeah. because they're kind because of they're, training up right. to that level yeah. they're, they're gonna be a, the, probably the worst blue belt for a while 
but, and maybe even you know maybe even as blue belts get promoted, they're still the worst blue belt for a while. But yeah. eventually, they train into catch that up. level. Yeah. yeah, and 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 as a practitioner, you really have to manage that expectation. Like for me, for me, it's like it's literally time and grade at black belt. It's time and grade. As long as you're active, you know, right. and you meet the time limit, whatever it is, and you don't die, they give you a stripe. Right. But you've got to really manage your expectation at the lower belts because. Um, and I'm including, I'm including Brown Belt into this because at, at a certain level, you need to be doing certain things a certain way. Yeah. So I don't see a, a Brown Belt as like, unless they're like, uh, at the, um, 30 and below level, adult level, it's totally different. They're a totally different animal, right? They've got to be selfish. They've got to be about them because they're competing at the highest level, right? Oh, right. That's different. But if you're, if you're a master's person, even if you're competitive, like my expectation is like you're a mentor, number one. Right. You're mentoring other people. Like if you come in two seconds before class starts, you train, and two seconds after you're gone out the door, you're not mentoring anybody, right, that I know of. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe you are. But you're a mentor, number one. You can articulate what you're – the, the system and concept that you're, that you're learning and teaching, you can teach it to other people. Um, those are really two big ones for me. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's really, you know, when, when people like ask me like, what's the path, you know, that's be a mentor and know your stuff, like literally know your stuff, study, yeah. you know, understand it. Uh, some people are just good with like learning a move and being good at like one or two moves. I'm not okay with that. I know that sounds crazy, and, no. and I hate to speak in absolutes about it, but I feel pretty strongly about it. I don't know. What, what's your opinion? I, I kind of agree <laughs> to an extent. I mean, um, like, I, I understand. I think it comes back to where you're saying, like, people who are, like, highly competitive, people who are, they may have, like, a couple moves mm -hmm. and not really be able to teach them because they're just like, I'm a competitor. Yeah. Yep. And that, um, I think that's fine. Totally different. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's, and then there's also like, you know, people who are just on, on, they, they don't care about anything. They just want to be doing jujitsu. And yeah. that's, I think that's fine too. But again, if like people are trying to progress to that point, I do agree. Like you should be trying to master your craft and like the highest level of mastery is to be able to teach. To teach it. Yeah. 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 And so that being like should be the ultimate goal and should be something that like people are working on. And, and it, it doesn't necessarily have to be like in charge of a class teaching, but like no, no. if somebody needs help with a shrimp, they shouldn't be just shrimping past them. Right. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Especially yeah. with a brown belt on, like you should be like, Hey, like come here, man. Let's, yeah. let's do let's a quick, show you how to, let me show you how to shrimp. Let me show you where to put your feet. Let me show you how to do a forward roll. Yeah. Like, they should be taking initiative to to take people off to the side and help them out, especially, like I said, at a brown belt level or, like, even, a, right. even like, a, a purple belt. Like, people should be starting to kind of take that initiative, especially if their goal is to eventually progress on to the black belt because the black belt is a level where, I'm, I, in my opinion, and this is, like, something you can expound on a little bit more, but in my opinion is you're a teacher at that point. At that like point, yeah. You're yeah. – you're, you're, still a student of the game forever but you get that black belt and now you are you are there for your students you're there for students you're there right. to teach yeah. you're there to share jujitsu you've you've reached that level where now it's your your duty to try and pass on what you can yeah yeah no that's that's you nailed it really i mean you're, you're you are a teacher at that point um again if you have a like a like a you know 
22-year-old uh, black belt mm-hmm. who travels and competes. Probably not going to spend a lot of time right. teaching, right? right? But that that's why it's a little bit different. <clears throat> but yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. But yeah, I, I really like what you said about almost, you're almost sacrificing your own training to help others, you know, to a point, right? Yeah. You don't want to sacrifice a lot, but you are taking that initiative. Like if you see a white belt struggling, like, hey, come on over here. And number one, it helps your instructor immensely, immensely, because the flow, right. the, the class flow is really, really important, right? And, and you've probably felt this where Steve may have to help somebody a little bit longer and it kind of stalls the flow of the class. And then you got to pick that flow back up. And that's really difficult. But when you have somebody who's willing to mentor and help, you can keep the flow of the class going. And that person gets the instruction. Right. right? And, and, you know, once you, once you have a a good um, community, a a good, uh, a lot of people call it a vibe, but I call it a vision. Once you have a good vision that everybody buys into, it's almost a no brainer. Like your, your expectation should be that your Brown belts do those things. Right. I mean, Right. Kind of no brainer. Right. Um, well, and that comes from you, right? Because yeah. that's like everybody kind of looks up to you. And yeah. so if you let certain things go or you set the standard, like that's, that's the standard that's going to be. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, yeah. I think used. it's also important to, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no. I, yeah. I think it's also important to state that like at white and blue belt, you have to also be a little bit selfish Yeah, because you need to be learning. Mm-hmm. Like you shouldn't be taking, a ton of time to spend your time. Te- like you can teach a little bit here and there. Like maybe like you're a blue belt and you see somebody struggling shrimping mm-hmm. and nobody else is helping them. You probably know how to shrimp. Yeah. You can probably help them out. Yeah. But when it comes to like a brand new move, like as a blue belt, as a white belt, you should just be learning the move. Yeah. You should be learning the yeah. move. Agreed. Like yeah. There's, there's, you know, it's, it starts to become more important at purple belt and even more important at brown belt to really start to like help other people. But there, there needs to be a level of learning for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, and I was always taught when I was a white belt and a blue belt, like, yeah, you can help your partner, but as soon as the instructor walks up, shut up. Right. Yeah. It, that, that's, that's, that's one of those things. And I try not to ask too many, um, not, not questions. I think questions are important. But like when people, and this this is probably from the military, from the drill sergeant telling you to shut up, right? <laughs> um, because you're like, well, what 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 about this? What happens if, where they're questioning? They're not questioning your move, but their questions like, but what if somebody grabs you from here? And you got to think you're like, I know you're a good guy, and you don't take insult to it. But sometimes other people might be like, well, I'm teaching you this way mm-hmm. for a reason. Yeah. You don't think you're like, oh my god, you're right. <laughs> we imagine like all of a sudden sees like you're right yeah. i never thought about it that way you're like i want you to do that though yeah. like if you see something and you're like oh like what if they grab here and i'm like whoa like i'll tell you yeah. i'll be like oh dude i didn't even think about that like let's let's explore it a little yeah. bit like i don't mind because yeah. jujitsu is such a young art yeah too that like yeah. there there's stuff that you might see as a as a white belt or the brand new guy who has no outside vision of you know, no outside perspective or right. no, no perspective that they know that sees something and they're like, let me just ask them. I hope they ask the question because if yeah. it is something new, then I'm like, wow, I guess really it, de- cool. it depends on how they ask it. Right? Yeah. If they're because, asking it condescendingly. Right. Like, okay. Yeah. And that's, I <laughs> what think if he bites are, you? I'll bite him back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if when you're there, yeah. So there's, and, and there's a lot of the contemplating, but sometimes it feels like it, it, you're right. Like it throws off the the, the flow. Yeah. The flow sometimes. If it's well, not we argumentative, right, yeah. right, right. If it's just like, hey, I really think that 
like I really would just want to know like if if they grab here. Like most of the time I'm just going to be like, "Oh, like that there's a whole different move set." Like Yeah, there is something to we, that. So. There's yeah, because the, a lot of jujitsu is like, "Okay, this is a reaction that we're going over." Right. And this is why it works, but if they do that, th- there'll be different stuff you do. Yeah. And we're not going over that right now, but right. just know that there is that something. there is stuff Agreed. there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, boys, I got to get to work. We've been going for two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have to do this again yeah. because yeah. I think we got just scratched the surface of everything we want to talk about. I'm sure. Um, we'll, we'll have to do this. Uh, I don't know. We'll do it again and definitely want to have you back on. Yeah, um, of course. you know, if you, if you, if you'd like to come on, but, um, you guys, um, let us know where we can find you guys on social media. Um, for me, uh, Instagram at S T E E V E E underscore M A A D E E N Steve Madden, like from Wolf of Wall Street. Got it. <laughs> okay, cool. Is that where that's from? Yeah. Well, Steve oh, Madden like is it. the shoe guy, right? It's yeah, the shoe, the shoe guy. guy. But, but the, the, but the, the reason why the double vowels is the Steve Madden. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right. All so right. That, that's what that's from. Nobody gets it, but <laughs> no. a lot of people think that's my real last name. Because when you told me, you're just like, there's like, it's like 20 E's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love um, it. I'm just at, uh, same thing, Instagram, Facebook, um, at Fallen360. So Fallen360 is my, my podcast. And um, that's uh, same thing. So my Instagram and uh, you can look up uh, podcasts, same, uh, Apple and uh, uh, pot, whatever, wherever podcasts are available. Yep. They're all yep. over on that. So Anchor, I think, is where I started. So okay, um, yeah, I do yeah. the same thing on yeah. Anchor. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. easy to use. So yeah, go check it out too. We do a lot of funny stuff, and you know, started doing stuff like this too. We're interviewing just people yeah. with a good message. You yeah, because I think people want to hear. Uh, other people's stories, you know, so for sure. Uh, and it's fun. Yeah. It's yeah. just fun. Absolutely out, is. So. I had a blast guys. Thank you guys so much for doing this. Yeah. yeah thank you. All right, everybody. Thank hey, I want to thank our sponsor, Bioprotein Technologies. Hey, go on bioproteintechnologies.com and get $30 off your first order when you use the promo code FOXCAST. Um, I've been using that stuff for about four months now. It's amazing. You got to try it. Uh, I do the uh, day um, supplement. And I also do the uh, evening supplement called Cortisleep. And they also have a B12 supplement that, I'm, that I started taking. Feel amazing, guys. Um, you'll love it. Uh, if you hate the podcast, give us a review. If you love the podcast, give us a review. Follow us on Instagram, the BJJ Foxcast, and check us out on YouTube. Thanks, boys. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank right. you.